This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. Today is Thursday, October 27th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. Law enforcement officials in Bucks County are asking for the public's assistance in locating a missing 55-year-old woman. On Wednesday, Bucks County DA Matthew Weintraub held a news conference to bring the case to the forefront. Elizabeth Capaldi has been missing for more than two weeks. Officials say she vanished back on October 10th from her Sellersville home near the quiet intersection of High and East Church Street. The DA says what can be shared about the investigation is limited, but he did say it was Capaldi's husband who last saw her. However, it wasn't until two days later after her adult daughter reported the 55-year-old missing after losing touch. The DA says nothing is off the table. It's just been my experience that people don't just go missing unless they intend to go missing. There was a horrific accident or there was some terrible foul play, said Weintraub. He adds Capaldi's car, car keys, and cell phone were left at home, but uh, she they said she may not have been empty-handed. It was determined that a few of her personal belongings, including her wallet, were missing from her Sellersville home, Weintraub said. Weintraub adds that everything they've gathered, something uh, with everything that they've gathered, something isn't adding up, hence why they're asking for the public's help. Capaldi has not ever been known to travel outside of the area by herself. She mainly stayed in or around her house in Sellersville unless she was running errands with, uh, or with other family members, he says. Anyone with information is asked to contact police. I mean, my hope is that <clears throat> she just left you know, and that was, uh, you know, she just wanted to be gone and right. and, and leave or whatever. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, that's the, but is that illegal? To just leave? To just leave. No. Okay. Uh, I mean. And not like tell anybody. Well, yeah, but be, now there's a big investigation. Well, uh, could she walk, could you walk out and leave? Yeah. Uh, uh, what is that? What would be the legal grounds of, I mean, uh, abandonment? If you're abandoning your children, yes, that's illegal. If, right. you're, if you're not paying your bills, yes, yeah. that's illegal. Exactly. But you, you can do that if you want to. Right. Yeah. You're, you're an adult. You, yeah, can, yeah. you can leave you if leave, you want right? to. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah, as long as you're not, yeah. Uh, I don't think there's anything legal against that. Yeah, the, the other, th- those were things that I wasn't thinking about. Right, right, right. Paying your bills. And, right. And obviously, if you're a child, you can't abandon your child. But, yep. uh, yeah, the, the bills and stuff like and that. These kind of things. Yeah, these things. These things. Uh, but I don't think that the, the uh, DA, at least, is not uh, leaning towards that. You know, he said there could be a number of things, and they're looking into um, foul play or maybe an accident. I think in this day and age, Kathy, we default to that. You think, you know. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. An arrest warrant has been issued in Chester County for a mother of a missing girl that Chester County District Attorney's Office and the Downingtown Police Department say six-year-old Zoe Moss was last seen at 6 o'clock Tuesday, October 25th in the area of East Ward Elementary School on the 400 block of Washington Avenue. They say that Moss was at the location for a court-ordered non-school-related supervised visit with her 37-year-old biological mother, Vanessa Gutschall. Authorities, uh, According to authorities, the supervisor of the visit reported to police that the mother fled with the child in a gray 2016 Volkswagen Jetta with Pennsylvania license plate KX are 3699. Investigators learned that Gutshaw was last seen between 7.30 and 8 o'clock Tuesday, October 25th at the Rivertown Restaurant and Bar in Wrightsville about an hour west of Downingtown near York. It is imperative that we find Zoe Moss immediately because of the potentially dangerous situation she is in with her mother. If anyone has information on the whereabouts uh, or that of Vanessa Gutshaw, please contact law enforcement or call 911. District Attorney Deb Ryan said at a press conference on Tuesday. Just because 
because her mother is involved does not mean she is in less danger. Zoe needs the eyes and ears of every adult to bring her to safety. Stories like this make me extremely nervous too, because if there's a uh, if you if you get someone who's uh, uh, yeah, I don't know the story of what's no, going no, on here, no, but, no. but if this uh, mother feels that she's been wronged and yep. and wants the child back, it could lead to something really desperate, as in nobody can have my child. If I can't type a thing, yeah. it's happened before. You so hate to think that. That's why, you know, time is of the essence Well, you remember something like this. There was, um, I don't know what the law was that was put into place, but something was put into place after um, a father from Bucks County took his daughter. They, I guess they were going through a divorce, the mother and, and the father. And uh, he took the girl for what what the the judge had you know ordered. He was able to have her right. when it was a weekend or whatever, and he killed her in his apartment. Yeah, that's uh, horrible. Hope, hope that's not the case. The, 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 you know, we've had a number of these missing, uh, you know, a person stories, yeah. Kathy, and, and just came into mind that girl that was with oh, her mother. Yeah, uh, in uh, in uh, Bridgeport. Yeah, a while back. Remember well, that a couple of years ago. Yeah. Remember, she was in the park, and, and the mother yeah. oh, looked oh, turned oh, around yeah, and yeah, gone, yeah. And, and there's still nothing. Oh, they still, still have no, no yeah. Nothing of that, So yeah. when you think about the consistency of, I mean, people are found, obviously, but think about how many are not, you know, that you've reported on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, an Amber Alert was issued Tuesday night for Moss. Amber Alerts are issued when a child under 18 is abducted and believed to be in imminent danger of serious bodily injury or death. Anyone with details on the whereabouts of Moss or Gutshall is asked to call da- the Downingtown Police Department. The Powerball jackpot is now up to $800 million oh, wow. I didn't win. for the next drawing after no ticket matched all six numbers in Wednesday's drawing. Uh, that makes it the second largest prize in the history of the game. There have been no winners after 36 drawings straight. The next drawing is on Saturday. Uh, the jackpot in Wednesday's drawing was $700 million, and the winning numbers were 19, 36, 37, 46, 56. The Powerball is 24, and Power Play was 2. Those are my numbers. Saturday, yeah. no, because yeah. nobody won. Saturday's jackpot has a cash value of $383.7 million. I had to look that up because I thought, I mean, I know obviously the cash value is less, but for $800 million, I, I thought that was low for, <laughs> it's you know, for the cash lo- yeah. option. I mean, I, listen, I don't know what the standard uh, tax rate is for... Uh, you know, the, I go roughly fifty percent. Yes. What, what is it? What's the number? It's, un, it's, un, it's under fifty. It's oh. three uh, three eighty three. A little bit under. I mean, is that? There's nothing we can do right? about that. There's nothing we can do about that. I think most people are concerned. Is how do we, in a fair way, treat the eight hundred millionaires? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Right, is, you're, this is just dawning on you. No, I, I, I mean, okay. yeah. I, you, just, I always press. I'm like you. I just always cut it right in half. Yeah. Figure that. Yeah, yeah. What, what, so well, it's it more than in half, though. Yes, they're it taking, is. They're yeah. taking more than half. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was a little like I had to look it up. I thought maybe that was the number from you know a couple of drawings ago, and I was like, wait, that can't be right for the cash value. But no. In all likelihood, it's a problem we're never going to yeah, have. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> but I'm pissed for the people. But that what win, do you do you if, if all you have is like 350 million? <laughs> <laughs> they, well, all right. How so, do you piece it together? I. I I get pissed for myself because that's uh, you guys know what I want to do. Yeah, you want to give out a whole bunch of people, and it gives me less to give away. You know, what I, mean? I know, like, I know. It's it's very nice, <laughs> but uh, it's you know these again. These are. Things we will encounter. <laughs> the biggest all-time lottery jackpot was a $1.5863 billion Powerball prize in 2016. Power- like billion. Powerball is played in 45 states. Odds of winning the Powerball jackpot is 1 in 292 million. In sports this morning.
The Sixers lost again, falling to the Raptors 119 to 109 last night in Toronto. Pascal Siakam scored 20 points and matched his career high with 13 assists, and Gary Trent Jr. scored a season high 27 points. Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey each scored 31 points, and James Harden added 18 for the Sixers, who lost for the fourth time in five games. The two teams will play in Toronto again tomorrow night at 7:30. The Flyers return to action tonight when they'll host the Florida Panthers. The puck will drop at 7 o'clock. The Chicago Bears traded veteran pass rusher Robert Quinn to the Eagles in exchange for a fourth-round draft pick. Quinn has been with the Bears since April of 2020 when he signed a five-year, $70 million deal as a free agent. A league source confirmed that the Bears are absorbing the bulk of Quinn's 2022 salary. Wow. And the Phillies and the Astros continue to prepare for Game 1 of the World Series tomorrow in Houston. Aaron Nola will get the start in the series opener for the Phillies while the Astros are likely to send their ace, Justin Verlander, to the mound. Phillies manager Rob Thompson uh, also said that Zach Wheeler will get the start for the Phillies in Game 2. The first pitch tomorrow night is scheduled for just after 8 o'clock. And that's what I have for you this morning. Thank you very much, Kathy. And we are loaded for many things today. Listen, we may not have, uh, you know, like a billion dollars to no. give away, but we have... Like a thousand dollars to give away. Yeah. It's like a thousand. Like a thousand. Like a thousand. So we have a couple. We have a couple opportunities for you to win with uh, MMR's You Who Loot. Yes. Uh, we do have some guests joining us on the program later on today. We will talk to Jerry O'Connell. Uh, who is now uh, hosting Pictionary? Is he hosting it? Or he's hosting. Yeah, he's but, hosting. And he's, he also hosts that The Real Love Boat the show. The Real Love Boat. Which I'm interested in. And we will talk to Jerry. Jerry's always a great conversation. He is great. And he has, like, literally nine different things happening. Yeah. yeah he's just working his ass off. Hardworking guy. Yeah. And uh, speaking of the Phils, as Kath did in sports, we have a couple of guests that will be joining us concerning that. We're going to have Ricky Metallico hey. here in our studio from our sister station down the hall, The Fanatic. Uh, Ricky Bowe's got some. Uh, he's he's joined us in World Series past. He sure has. Yeah, he makes that decision. decision. He makes that decision. <laughs> and so we'll talk to uh, Ricky later on today. And we also, I believe, yeah, uh, Marissa found out we we uh, it was in the seven o'clock hour yesterday. We had mentioned that there was a a missed connection that happened in the celebrations of the National League Championship Series. Yes, uh, where two. Star-crossed lovers wanted to... Well, we don't know. <laughs> yeah. Somebody was... Went, there, there was an encounter that happened in the middle of all the mayhem, and they were trying to track each other down. Well, they found each other. We're going to have them on this morning. Find Why not? Yeah. It's a cool story. Yeah, it's a good... And there's hopefully going to be a lot of great stories coming out of this series ahead. So uh, we'll chat with those guys a little bit later on. So we got stuff to do. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back in a second. I have a Preston and Steve generated Whoa! stupid question. I love those. That uh, we will ask and give away a prize nice. in conjunction with. So we'll take a break. Come back in a second. The Entertainment Report as well. Stay with us. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Well, check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on MMR's mobile app. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. The Stupid Question Prize, $50 Metro Diner gift card. I told you it was going to be a Preston and Steve Show question, and here it is. According to us, 
Why should you go to bed with your shoes on? Mm-hmm. 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you know the answer to this. All right. According to the President and Steve Show, why should you go to bed with your shoes on? Call now. Let's see if you know the answer. Going to go through some birthdays. Thursday, October 27th. Uh, we're going to start with one from uh, the show The Goldbergs. Barry Goldberg, played by Troy Gentile. He celebrates his birthday today. Yes. He's uh, 29, by the way. Very funny part of the show. They're in a weird place right now, the Goldbergs. Like, um, he's supposed to be in college, and he's supposed to be moving on with his life, yet they're all hanging around the house. Right. And they're all hanging around outside Wawa, and it's like, wow, that seems like you don't quite know what to do with these characters. Yeah. Now, yeah. You know? Uh, yes, exactly. So uh, they got to figure something out. Yeah. And bring it to an end. Yes. Because uh, it might be time for that. Uh, but he's great. Uh, he, we had him on the, as an interview one time. He was kind of boring. I was yeah. a little uh, bummed out about that. I think he was overwhelmed. It was right at the beginning. I think mm-hmm. maybe the first year the show came on. But he's yeah. very funny. He's also, uh, he was a, a really kind of roly-poly kid. He was yeah. Jack Black in... Uh... Pick a Destiny. Pick a That's Destiny. Yeah, he was yeah. in as a kid. He's yeah. great. He's 29 today. Uh, Roberto Benigni. Hey! Italian uh, director, actor, won an Academy Award for... Life is Beautiful. Life is Beautiful. That was it, yeah. Absolutely. And then he ran across the tops of the chairs. Yeah, he he went nuts when he won that award. Um, That's a great movie. It is a great movie. It's It's a tough movie to watch. Very touching. Yep. He is uh, 70 years old today. Uh, the great John Cleese of Monty Python. Doesn't it all be nice to have a penis? Same. That's not him. That, that is from Monty Python, though. That was Eric Idle. Uh, but, um, yeah, you know what? A couple of years ago, uh, I went to uh, a, a class that, that my son was in. Uh, as a kind of a thank you, the teacher had a, a movie night at a local theater uh, of ours, and they had they played uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, which I had not sat down to watch right. in a long, 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 long time. Yeah, and I thoroughly enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, it was it, so good. It's a terrific movie. It came out at a uh, point in time where that brand of comedy was coming into vogue, yeah. and you had things like that. You had the Groove Tube. You had Kentucky Fried Movie. You had all these new sort of innovative types of comedy. And I remember that movie just killed me. It was so freaking yeah. funny. Yeah. I remember my friends from grade school loved Monty Python. I did not understand yeah, it. Right. It, it was I was well over my head. I gave it a, sure. a, a swing. But then <clears throat> when I was like 21, I had my wisdom teeth taken out. My Aunt Pat bought me, uh, while I was recovering, she bought me a box set of a VHS right. Monty Pythons. And I gave it a second try there. And... I got it. You got it. One of the yeah. one of the things, and maybe you'll agree with this, Preston. One of the first things that actually was part of it, they would show Monty Python on PBS. Yes, yeah. And At they night. would and they would be boobs. nudity. Mm-hmm. Yes, there there would be yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It was great. Uh, Fish called Wanda. A bunch of other great things. Faulty Towers was a fun show. He was on uh, Die Another Day. John Cleese is eighty three today. Simon LeBond of Duran Duran celebrates his 64th birthday today. I think they were on Kimmel last night. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, I saw a tweet. I don't know if they performed or not, but um, I'll see if I can find it. Going to be Rock and Roll Hall of Famers. Yes, they will be, and deservedly so. I think they're a great band. Yeah. I'm I'm really happy for them. Do you remember Simon LeBond at one point? He almost died in a yacht accident. It was a racing accident. I think the story is pressing. He actually saved someone from dying in a yacht accident. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, because it it wasn't in the, the... 
there's a Duran Duran behind the music that's yeah. really great on, I think it's, it might be on Paramount Plus. Yeah, I check, think they would have touched on that. Check that story. Nick, if you could give a quick check, I think it was Simon Bond actually rescued someone from dying. It might have been in like the America's Cup. It was like a big deal. Wow, uh, really? Yeah, he was he was taking, uh, I don't know what if you call it yachting or yacht yeah. racing or whatever it is. I don't know what the, the term is, but he was uh, like serious they, at it for a while. They were all very courageous of that lot. A Bananarama used to cap oil fires. Like, oh my what? goodness. Yeah, yeah. Gracious. Right. Well, we so, overlooked these pop yeah, groups of the 80s. Forget. Is that yeah. what Cruel Summer's about? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's cooler it's, now that the fire's me? out. It was rough. <laughs> <laughs> trying to cap that fire. So he was racing a yacht 31 years ago, 1985, 32 years ago, whatever it is. This article was written a few years ago. Right. <laughs> and uh, so he was the one who was rescued. Oh, okay. Uh, he was? Yeah. Uh, they've been sailing around Caribbean. Oh, that was... Uh, yeah, the keel broke and the boat capsized, and it trapped the crew underneath. Oh, man. Damn, wow. Dude. All right, so he's 64 today. Uh, Patrick Fujit. Tell me if this doesn't make you feel ancient, okay? So he's uh, the kid and almost famous. Yeah. He's 40 years old oh today. I want to die. Yeah. <laughs> he's 40 years old. Uh, that is a perennial. What's, what's his character's in. name? Um, I can't remember. Luke William. Skywalker? W- William. No, William. All right. William Skywalker. Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I wasn't sure oh, no. what movie you were talking about. Uh, Patrick Fugit, yeah, he played that. And then uh, he's in Gone Girl. He's he's had a career, but obviously Almost Famous was a big, big, big... He's basically playing Cameron Crowe, right? Yeah, debut yeah. for him. So uh, 40 years old today. Uh, it's Kelly Osborne's birthday today. Pregnant. Uh, yep, and turns 38 years old. So happy birthday to her. Uh, K.K. Downing, lead guitarist for Judas Priest. Yes. Celebrates his 71st birthday. I love this song. Absolutely love this song. Uh, so, and they're headed to the Rock and Roll Hall. Yes, they are. Well, which is uh, pretty cool. Maybe uh, Simon LeBond is giving K.K. Downing a call this morning and saying, I can't believe it's your birthday. I can't believe we're going to be in the Rock and Roll I Hall. I just put up my awesome jam. He's <laughs> 71. Uh, the great <clears throat> Gary W. Talent, bassist for the E Street Band, uh, turns 73 years old today. I thought he had passed away, but yeah. uh, no, uh, it was um, Federici, the, the keyboard player. He died a few years ago. But... And we played that new uh, Bruce cover on the way into work this morning. Do I love you? It's great. It's a really good song. What's it a, co- who, who, what's it a cover? I don't remember, Casey. Okay. It's an R&B classic, yeah. and I don't remember it, Casey. Uh, yeah. I just know it's got that signature, cool oh, R&B sound I to love it. this song. Who, who did yeah. this originally? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure, but yeah, this is cool. Yeah. I thought that was you at first. Man, we need some good. We need yeah. like a Motown resurgence, man. We need we need people to, to write Motown era. Well, there, there was a song, Casey, I said it to you not that long ago, from Bruno Mars that I had never heard before. Yeah, I was like, and oh, you love was, it. Yeah. I, and you were like, yeah, I've heard, this is a, kind of an older song, but I just, it was called uh, Steaming Up the Windows or something like that. I'm like, this is right out of the Motown playbook. This is yeah. so cool. Well, Springsteen brought us a resurgence with Gary U.S. Bonds, yeah. right? I mean, that was... The, that there's a place for that music. That's a it's always feel good music. Hey, um, when I listened to that song, it made me think of, and I can't remember the name of or the artist that does. Yeah, that's Jay Gilesman. That's it. Yeah, yeah. It's called I Do. I Do. Great song. Yes. So 
uh, Steve, Do I Love You, Indeed I Do, was originally done by soul singer Frank Wilson in 1965. Would not have known that. And it was on the Motown subsidiary label Stout, which I wasn't for, or, or, no, label Soul. I'm sorry, I couldn't read that. Uh, it is his only Motown single, and it says is a prized item among collectors. Oh, yeah. Jackie Bamham said something about that. Like, the, the uh, if you can get that vinyl, it's worth a lot of money. No kidding. Oh, really? I bet you Jackie has some stuff, is, man. His dad, uh, yeah, yeah. dad has this one. Oh, right. wow. Yeah. Very cool. So, uh, excellent. And final birthday today, my wife, Rochelle. Oh, yeah. It's a biggie. She is... Uh, Turns fifty years old today. Yeah, you girl. did good with that one, Milestone uh, I'm telling you, dude, she is a sweetheart. I'm insanely lucky. Yeah, yeah. around the really... sun one more time, Preston. Oh yeah, just yeah. around the sun on our journey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, not your knockers, your breasts. Your oh, breasts are like, dude, uh, me- melons. Is that not melons, like uh, uh, pillows. I'm glad that's what we yeah. had to wish her happy birthday. Your knockers. That wasn't me. Her was knockers are Casey that played it. She does have yeah. yeah. so you, you gotta have that. that. <laughs> yeah. At 50 years old. I'm sorry. It. Happy birthday, Rochelle. Yes. I love you, baby doll. All right. So we're going to see if we can get an answer to the stupid question this morning according to the President Steve Show. Why should you go to bed with your shoes on? 215-263-WMMR. We will go to Bridget to see if we can get an answer. Good morning there, Bridget. Good morning, guys. Gadzooks. Gadzooks to you. So, uh, why should you go to sleep with? Why should you go to bed with your shoes on? Is it because just in case a deer gets in the house? Yes. Yes. You need to be able to get up and run. Yeah, absolutely. If there's a deer in the house. <laughs> so, Bridget, hang on. We're going to give you, uh, let's see, a $50 Metro Diner gift card. You can celebrate Metro Diner's 30th anniversary with past favorites for a limited time, including their classic Reuben stacked with deli-sliced corned beef, sauerkraut, melted Swiss cheese, Thousand Island dressing on grilled rye bread. And you can visit MetroDiner.com. <sighs> Reuben sounds good about it. It does oh, sound good. It does. Does. Yeah. I love Reuben sandwiches. All right. So we're going to start with another. So Matthew Perry's book is out. And as... Uh, these excerpts are starting to trickle out. We're hearing more and more. And, dude, this it's stuff worth talking about. Well, it's funny because we have the juxtaposition with the Kelly Ripa book. And we were talking to her, and she says her book was much more benign. And they were looking for anything to release. His book has too much. You can't. There's new, mm-hmm. you know, amazing stuff coming out every day. So he apparently, in his book, recounts that he once made out with Valerie Bertinelli yeah. while her husband, Eddie Van Halen, was passed out beside them. <laughs> Oh, no. Yes. Yes. According to Page Six, he wrote in his memoir that he had a crush on Bertinelli when they were both on the short-lived 1990 sitcom Sydney. One night while he was at her house, he made his move while Eddie was passed out drunk. Oh, my God. It was at their house? Uh Uh-huh. And he wrote, if you think I didn't actually have a chance in hell, you'd be wrong, dear reader. Valerie and I had a long, elaborate make-out session. It was happening. Maybe she felt the same way I did. And he claimed that the two both confessed their feelings to each other only for her to pretend it never happened the next day. To be honest, when in that whole dating period in her life, Eddie Van Halen was the anomaly. She was going for guys that were pretty boys, you know? Not that Eddie Van Halen wasn't a good-looking dude, but the, the rocker was not her type. Uh, Sydney, by the way, the show was uh, canceled four weeks later. <clears throat> Uh, so yeah, that's a pretty stunning revelation, right? We'll make there. it out with him right there. Yeah, and I, and I wonder if uh, you know if he felt it was okay 
I'm wondering when he decided to put pen to paper about that particular story right. after Eddie had passed. Maybe if Ed were still alive, I don't know if he would have written that. But, I mean, they've been divorced for a long time. It's so true, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But, uh, wow, that one blew me away. Uh, Michael J. Fox is opening up about his difficult year in people's kindness issue. The star told the gal that, listen to this, man. <laughs> said, I broke my cheek, then my hand, then my shoulder, had a replacement shoulder put in and broke my right arm. Oh, then I broke my elbow. Yeah. He said, I'm 61 years old and I'm feeling it a little bit more. Uh, additionally, his mother Phyllis passed away in September. She was 92 years old. Uh, but despite the hardships, the Family Ties alum said, it's been a struggle, but I'm happy. I say that because I hope on some level people can find happiness in spite of what they are going through. That all happened in how how much time? A year. Uh, a year. Oh, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And I don't know how all these things happened. Uh, how if, if he fell down or uh, if he had, was in a, some kind of an accident. Is there an issue with brittle bones? Uh, yeah, I don't you know. Parkinson's? I do not know. Yeah. Um, Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis were reportedly struggling with their relationship long before Harry Styles came into the picture. A source told People on Wednesday that there is no easy way to end a long-term relationship. There were issues with them before and said regardless of what anyone else says about their relationship, nobody but the two of them know what they went uh, know what went on and why they split. Jason and Olivia are co-parenting and doing fine with that. The custody issues between them from before have not gotten in the way of both parents being with their kids. There's a uh, a veteran that I listen to who talks about relationships, and he describes them as a long road case. Oh, oh really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, yeah. says Rambo, relationship <laughs> yeah. advisor. Oh my God! You both have to give a hundred percent all the time. Where's <laughs> it gonna go asunder? <laughs> Uh, so apparently they they uh, they had problems before, and and according to this source, they're they're doing okay. I have to say, when I would see them together, I remember the uh, they were both on the a David Blaine special. I thought this is a good couple. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I was wrong. Well, yeah. uh, Danica Patrick, the race car driver, has spoken out about her experience with breast implant illness and is urging women who may be suffering from similar health problems to get their implants removed. Wow. Uh, the 40-year-old former NASCAR driver opened up about the years of health problems caused by her breast implants during a recent interview with people in which she revealed that she began noticing changes to her body three years after her surgery. She got them in November 2014 because she thought they would, quote, make her feel more feminine and sexy. Yeah. And first began noticing impacts to her health in 2017. Uh, she said she started experiencing symptoms such as fatigue, weight gain, dryness, and hair loss. And at the time, she assumed the changes were because of her hormones being off. However, uh, she said the issues with her breast implants worsened a year later when her breast became hard. And she told the outlet that she uh, the change made her self-conscious, so she found herself avoiding hugs and worried when she was physically intimate. She said, for so many years, I didn't hug people tight because I didn't like pushing these little balloons into them. Uh, whenever I was with a guy, I could not stop thinking that they knew they were fake, she said, adding that she went down a pretty deep rabbit hole and had every test that could be done as she tried to find the root of the problem. Do you remember when we had Dorothy on to talk about the same thing? Dorothy had the... the yeah, yeah that's sick, right. right. She had her breast implants removed. Yeah, yeah. She, was, she was sick from them. So in 2022, she learned that breast implant illness could be causing her symptoms after she saw videos about the illness on social media. Symptoms include fatigue, joint pain, brain fog, and rash. And the exact cause is unknown. In fact, the FDA 
adds that hair loss, weight changes, and anxiety and depression are common symptoms associated with BII, mm. and that symptoms have been reported immediately after implants uh, implantations two years later. I mean, well, it's, it's a foreign object in your body. Your yeah. body can reject it. Yeah. While the FDA acknowledges that some women report improvement of resolution of symptoms following removal of the implants, it also notes that currently BII is not recognized as a formal medical diagnosis, and there are no specific tests or recognized criteria to define or characterize. Statistically, since it's such a common procedure... Uh, how many, did they suggest how many women can suffer from this? No, they didn't, uh, not in this uh, particular mm. study that, or the story that I saw. But it's interesting that it's not a, it's not a uh, medical, a formal medical diagnosis. Yeah. Uh, so Patrick decided to have her breast implants removed in March, at which point she said she saw an instant improvement in her symptoms. Uh, she's now urging other women who may be experiencing the same symptoms that she did to trust her intuition and consider under, undergoing the procedure. As a race car driver, she's... Seen her share of long roads. Uh, she has, yes. It's a long road. So, <laughs> she said, get them removed and see how you feel. As for how she feels since the surgery, she said that on a scale of 1 to 10, she is at a 6 right now. Uh, but it is also is also taking better care of herself than she ever has before. What's the most common method of doing it? Because I know they can do it. They, they'll in, they can put the implants in like through the navel. They can yeah. you know they can do. They do it through the nipple or no? I'm not sure. I mean There's I know like, that all sorts of ways of doing well, it. Well, remember who do you call it? Uh, oh, she's really pretty, and then she had too much work done. She partied all the time with the uh, Van Wilder chick. Oh, um, Terry Reed. Yeah, yeah. She had what they uh, they called a Franken boob. Yeah, she, she had, had gotten yeah. hers done. She had Franken stomach too after lipo. Yeah. Uh, there's, uh, yeah, there's a thing they can do with the nipple. It's called the uh, lollipop um, incision. Yeah, where it's Dummy you know, bear? they go around it and yeah. down. Uh, but um, sugar babies. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you just need <laughs> give, give me a Charleston chew, squirrel nut zippers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But typically, the breast two Mary Janes, please. The breast reduction is where you get the large scars. The implants yeah. you don't usually get. Oh, okay, big scars, like right around here, Kathy. <laughs> like yeah. usually, it's like here. <laughs> general area. But yeah, uh, uh, Jules Bass. This is sad news. The animator, producer, director, and composer, whose work included stop motion holiday television specials like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman, and Santa Claus is Coming to Town, passed away on Tuesday at an assisted living facility in Rye, New York. You remember the Rankin Bass for years? They both they were the you know the the, the duo that brought us all this stuff. He was eighty seven years old, and uh, the three prominent holiday specials: Rudolph, voiced by Burl Ives; Frosty, starring Jackie Vernon and Jimmy Durante; and Santa Claus, voiced by Fred Astaire and Mickey Rooney, all debuted. During the 60s and 70s and the decades since, the specials, of course, have become staples of seasonal holiday programming on television. And Bass was known for his long-standing creative partnership with director Arthur Rankin, who died in 2014. He was 89. Uh, the two pushed many productions through their banner, Rankin-Bass, which was known for its uh, laborious cell-animated stop-motion films that took long periods of time to yeah. turn into full-length features. Uh, they notched an Emmy nomination for the Little Drummer Boy Book 2 in 1977, and a year later they received a Peabody for their animated version of uh, Tolkien's The Hobbit. In 1980, they took on another Tolkien adaptation in The Return of the King. Uh, they co-directed a film in 1982, The Last Unicorn, which included voices of uh, Jeff Bridges, Mia Farrow, Angela Lansbury, Alan Arkin, and Robert Klein. 
Uh, and they also served as producers of series including Thundercats. Yeah. And the Jackson 5 animated series. Do you remember that? I do. I do, yeah. And Bass also produced and directed the 1967 cult favorite Mad Monster Party with Boris Karloff. I Bass, love that one. Bass? Was born in Philadelphia. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. Do you remember the uh, the Mad Monster Party? Uh, again, it had that, that stop motion figures, you know. Yeah. And I don't uh, remember, yeah, it was, as a kid, I adored it. Man. Huh. Mike, Michael Giacchino yeah. was a big fan of uh, Mr. Bass, and he posted a, a really nice tribute to him up on uh, his Instagram account. Uh, um, Steve, there's a, a vampire with a pretty redhead. Is that the yes. monster one? Yeah, that's okay. it. Yeah. Oh, well, that looks cool. I want to see that now. Yeah, yeah. It would, it'd be a perennial. He used to show it all the time around Halloween. Uh, after Bass stepped away from producing and filmmaking in 1987, he went on to write uh, children's books. So sad news that he passed. Man, I remember one of the one of the sweetest interviews we ever had, and it was uh, back at Y100. Uh, we had the voice actors of Rudolph yeah. and Hermie mm-hmm. on our show at the same time. They were in, in different uh, live, uh, assisted living facilities, and yep. we got them on the phone. They were elderly, and they were just the sweetest people. It was so special, and the, and the woman who voiced uh, Rudolph... Uh, did the whole thing. I'm cute. Yeah, I'm she I'm did cute. the voice for it. It was so great. That's awesome. I, I I don't think a Christmas has gone by without me watching Rudolph. Yeah, it's it's the best. I agree. It is, and it holds a special place in my heart. I, but during this conversation, I was thinking, what would I be down with? Like a real life, realistic version of the Rudolph story that we know. I think like they've I been would. doing lately, like they did with the uh, Lion King and stuff like that. Yeah, but like you know, yeah. Like the abominable snow- snowman yeah. looking really, really scary, yeah. and like, and I think I might be as long as they they didn't make it longer than it needed to be, well, Matt, and they didn't take any liberties. Like if they really just kept it to the storyline, I think I may be down with that. Mad TV did a, um, weren't they the ones that did the Martin Scorsese Rudolph? Oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was yeah. hilarious. I always liked your your short parodies you did. <laughs> Kill it! <laughs> Kill it! What's with his nose? Yes. Oh, how could you? Why didn't you abort it? Yes. Santa was Santa horrible. Santa was wow. He's hangry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, elsewhere, we have this. Tom Hiddleston is a dad ah. of a Loki star. And Zoe Ashton recently welcomed, excuse me, their first child together. A source said that uh, Tom and Zoe are loving being new parents. And are filled with joy. They have been filled with joy. having the struggles of new parents and aren't sleeping much, but they are thrilled. So good for them. Yeah. Rosie O'Donnell and Amy Hauer have split. Rosie goes through a lot of relationships. She burns them up. She must be a handful. Yeah, source told people that the couple who went uh, Instagram official during Pride Month in June are no longer together. She likes to shop a lot. Yeah. Uh, the two met on social media after the American Gigolo star slid into her now ex's DMs Ooh. on TikTok. There you are. Uh, Melissa Villasenor, uh, Via Senior revealed on Monday's episode of the Last Laugh podcast that she decided to leave Saturday Night Live after six seasons because she was struggling with mental health. Huh. She said, last season I had a couple of panic attacks. I was struggling and I always felt like I was on the edge of a cliff every week. That's not good. And she said, I don't want to do that to myself anymore. So she bailed on it. She's super talented. I mean, like really talented. We had her on the show. She's um, genuinely funny. And amazingly talented with uh, her impressions. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think she's going to be destined for big things. She was, I think she was one of the semifinalists for America's Got Talent. Too, yeah. 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 So I, I guess 
that being on that show, on that set, and uh, it the, doesn't help the tooth and nail that you have yeah. to do to get yeah. your, your bits on to the, the show, I think probably make it a real difficult place to be. She had a reoccurring thing that I, was hilarious where the, she was in bed with her husband and he was trying to get her to talk dirty, you know, and, and uh, yeah. <laughs> it just goes wrong. Uh, let's see what else I have here for you. Uh, the uh, a beloved title from Paramount's movie library is eyeing a TV comeback. CBS is developing The Bad News Bears, a single-camera comedy based on the 76 movie, of course, starred Walter Matthau, uh, written by Corey Nickerson, who's a writer on Blackish. Uh, the new TV take is rebooting the original premise, and in the CBS version, a down-on-her-luck, divorced mom coaches a team of misfits in a cutthroat little league. And the project uh, will weave in personal experiences from Nickerson because she actually coached her son's baseball team. Oh, okay. So she's coming from that That's legit. Uh, there was a TV series, right? There, there was a TV series, The Bad News Bears. There were a couple of Bad News Bears movies. The original, Walter Matthau. Uh, Tatum O'Neill, still my favorite. It's outstanding. It's yeah. fantastic. I loved it. Yeah, Steve, that show ran for two seasons. Yeah. 1979 and 1980, and Jack Warden was uh, the coach, Buttermaker. I guess he played Buttermaker. But, yeah, that original, when that movie hit, I was the same age as those kids. Yeah. And to see them yeah. cursing and flipping people off it's and drinking great. beer and all this, I'm like, this is unbelievable. It was so wrong and yet so great. And Walter Matthau playing what he, you know, this, this sort of... Uh, when he has that turn and realizes, just play it for the fun. Yeah. You know why? Why? Why just? Why get caught up in this? Why make this about the adults? And and it's wonderful. Yep, agreed. Um, let's see. How about uh, this? Kenan Thompson will host the Second People's Choice Awards ceremony on December sixth. Uh, the ceremony will air simultaneously on NBC and E Network uh, at nine p.m. He just so, did the uh, the Emmys. Yeah. Was it the Emmys? Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Or was it the Tonys? Yeah, it was the, the Emmys. Emmys yeah. So he's getting those gigs now. Okay. Good for him. And then uh, two more quick things. A sausage party animated TV series is headed to Amazon. Okay. <laughs> Deadline reports that the spinoff of the 2016 animated feature will star original cast members Seth Rogen, Kristen Wiig, Michael Sarah, David Kumholtz, and Edward Norton. I, I um, saw it. Did you guys see it? Yeah. I did not. I thought it was okay. Yeah. yeah. I didn't, I, it didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought, that was one of those movies where the trailer I thought was really funny, and then yeah. I watched the entire oh, movie, really? and I was like, you know what? The trailer is probably enough. All the best yeah. types in the trailer. Yeah. And then one final thing, before the Christmas story uh, gets its moment on Christmas Day, two more movies are getting the 24-hour marathons on TNT and TBS. Okay. Uh, what, which you want to guess? Well, Not Elf. I think Elf and Christmas Vacation are the two that would, for, for me, stand out and should get that treatment. Yeah. Those are my top three Christmas movies. Well, yeah. anybody else want to guess? Anybody else? We're uh, guessing Elf and, and uh, Vacation. It's a Wonderful Life? Uh, no. They've uh, done that. Yeah. I would agree with Elf. Uh, yes, Elf and Christmas Vacation. Uh, <clears throat> yeah! Hey, hey, we uh, win. We win. And I didn't cheat. I didn't I know. Yeah. I know. Good for you. So <laughs> they'll each get the 24-hour runs this November on TNT and TBS. They were pretty close to it if they weren't doing a full 24 hours. In, in Christmas's past, it seemed to be, those both seemed to be on around the clock. So TBS will air Elf for 24 hours on Saturday, November 26th. Uh, National Loon's Christmas Vacation will air for 24 hours on TNT Sunday, November 27th. My son's going to like this. Uh, Christmas Vacation hits different uh, to me now. And uh, he loves when I say that because I just, uh, I guess people my age aren't supposed to say hits different. Right, yeah. But uh, 
Does he get mad at you? He's like, he shakes his head. He's like, ah, oh, dad, come do on, that. man. It's different. Yeah, yeah. It's not supposed to be said by adults. I don't know. I think it's a kid Just thing, remind, you know? just tell him this. He won't believe you, but say in about 25 years, yeah. you're going to be saying crap that's going to make your kids go nuts. Oh, I just, and I do yeah. it all the time just to make them cringe. I'm like, yo, dude, this this coffee right here, this slaps, bro. Yeah. You know? Case, I, yeah. I, call Jay, I call Jace bro. 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 Oh, come on, bro. 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 I got broed so many times. I picked up his friend, who is a girl, by the way. Yeah, I picked him up to take him to Bates Motel, and she's like, hey, how you doing, bro? And I was like, bro? bro? I was like, bro? I was like, okay, I guess this, yeah. is, this is where we are. I would have gone with Mr. Foster, yeah, but, you yeah. know. Um, the, uh, anyway, so Christmas Vacation has different. Uh, the, the scene where he's watching the old home movies yes. in the attic, it gets me, like, teared up now. Right, yeah. I, I cry. But also, Steve... The scene where he's shopping for underwear, yeah. I literally laugh out loud every single... Right. I'm like, how it's great. I laugh out loud at the same joke the performance every is, single year? It's because it's great. Yeah. I mean, it, having his, his meltdown <laughs> uh-huh. gets, cracks me up. Oh, uh, you know, the whole... Um, just the casual, hey, Eddie, take it out, leave you for dead. All yeah. of that stuff, it just cracks me well, up. She says, can I take something out for you? Yes. And he just starts <laughs> laughing. <laughs> oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's the best. And I by agree. the way, I agree. I believe that Christmas Vacation came out in the summer. I clearly oh. remember seeing it in a... in a. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, okay. now I'm friends with the girl from Christmas Vacation. We're going to have her on. That's right. Yes, the little girl. No, jeez. Who curses. Yeah, Ruby goes, Sue. Ruby, Ruby Sue. Sue. Yeah. yeah, so she lives in the area now. She That's works right. for... At, we were talking about Asher's Chocolates yesterday. We're she gonna, works for Asher. Well, yeah, we got to get her... Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Ellen Latson, Casey? That's her name. I have her number, and she listens to the show. Oh. Ruby Sue. We're, yeah, we're going to have her on. You know what's funny about a Christmas Vacation? And Casey, I agree with you 100%, but like... It, it hits, and then the regular vacation, the first vacation hits. The middle one doesn't. European for me. Like, there's some moments that are okay, but, like, overall, beginning to end, I love the first one, the third one, and then Vegas vacation was pretty forgettable. Mm-hmm. My yeah. only, yeah, my this, only... Was, this was actually sort of a Hail Mary um, when yeah. they, they, they pulled this together and said, well, let's, as a high concept goes, we'll do a holiday thing. Right. And this, to me, is as strong, if not strong, maybe the strongest of the series. I think it's the strongest of the series, and... Uh... The, the first one, but you know what, uh, Nick? Watch European Vacation. Give it, give it. Uh, there are moments. There are very, there are very solid moments. I just like beginning to end. I'm like, nah, all right. Well, you know, they, there are parts that are good, but uh, yeah, for me, <laughs> not you know, not not beginning. Agree. They 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 make great observations about like hotel room size and uh. things like it's very funny. Uh, so Christmas Vacation <clears throat> will be aired on uh, let's see TNT Sunday, November 27th for 24. Hours. Did you see that there is a trailer out now for the Peter Billingsley? Um, he is an adult Christmas story. There is oh. another Christmas story that apparently is is very good. Him as an adult, as an adult Ralphie, and, right? And they showed a trailer. What I saw, I don't know if it's. It seems like it's the first, but it is. Uh, it was very limited in what they showed you. But it's him. Okay, you know? it, it is yet. It is yet to be released. I, I, my understanding is it's coming out this Christmas. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, in a couple of weeks, it's uh, November seventeenth. And it's literally called, Steve, A Christmas Story Christmas. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, they, right. they somehow managed to get Christmas twice in the title. <laughs> well, that's great. I trust him, actually. You uh, would figure he'd yeah. have a vested interest in carrying on that legacy, right? And it's going to be on HBO Max. There you go. I hope for good things. So do I. All right, clips. Let's get to them. All Quiet on the Western Front details a young German soldier's terrifying experiences and distress on the Western Front during World War One. Here, director Edward Berger 
explains the film's new historical perspective on the novel. Well, we were, it was important to us that it uh, felt truthful to the time, but also very truthful to the novel, while not being completely faithful to everything that is in the novel. There's a few things that we invented because it felt we're 100 years later with a different perspective on this First World War because the Second World War happened afterwards. And we, with that knowledge, we wanted to give that to the audience. All Quiet on the Western Front will be available for streaming on Netflix tomorrow. Uh, one of my all-time favorite books, and uh, there are two movie versions of it. There was a, a, a made-for-TV movie version with um, Ernest Borgnine and um, from the Waltons, Richard Thomas. Mm. And it was actually really well done. It's, it's, a, it's a powerful, powerful story. All right. Well, this one uh, comes out on Netflix if you want to see that one tomorrow. Next clip. Here we go. Armageddon Time is a coming-of-age story about the strength of family and the generational pursuit of the American dream. And in this clip, star Anne Hathaway reveals the reference she used for her character. In this particular case, I asked a friend who I was describing my character, and he said, oh, that's exactly my grandmother's story. And he told me that he had made tapes of her, just talking and telling stories about her life. And so um, he let me hear those tapes. <laughs> Uh, Armageddon Time is out in theaters tomorrow. All right, there you go. That's the entertainment report we have for now. I want to take a break because we've got a lot to get to today. You Who Loot is coming up. Your chance to win a thousand bucks. We're going to talk to Ricky Bowe. Yeah. Metallico is stopping by. Obviously, we're talking Phil's. Jerry O'Connell's going to be on the program. A few other little surprises here and there. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment as the sun is coming up on this Thursday morning. We'll be right back. The Thursday from 7 to 9, Marissa from the Preston and Steve Show rocks Hilltown Tavern. 326 Roxborough Avenue in Mania. Enter for a chance to win Eagles Washington tickets or a Darius Slay autographed jersey courtesy of Bud Light. Plus enjoy $4 Bud Light cans and $5 Bud Light seltzer black cherry cans. Marissa brought a story to our attention the other day that we thought was kind of nice. And when the uh, when the Phils won the NLCS, um, a lot of people went out uh, to the streets to celebrate. And uh, some congregated on uh, Broad Street, a yep. couple different locations. Um, and apparently, there was a little moment that happened. And, magical uh, moment. Yeah. Well, it, it may turn out to be magical. Yeah. We'll see about that. And uh, it's, it's the story of a guy named Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, so Jim got separated from his friends uh, in that party, and he wanted to find him, and he needed to, you know, there's a lot of people out there, needed to see up above everyone to try and find his group uh, to rehook up. And uh, we're going to get the story from them because they're both on the line right now, but apparently a gal offered to put Jim up on her shoulder. On her shoulders, yeah. To yeah. see if he could find, uh, and and is it no surprise, she's a Delco gal. <laughs> uh, and so she lifts him up, and I, I guess he was able to find his friends, and then, okay, so that encounter's over. And I guess in hindsight, Jim was kind of like, you know, she was just somebody I'd like to see again sometime. Right. Yeah. So they put the word out in a Facebook group, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies fan group, and somebody got in touch within a day. Got in touch with Jim and found the gal. That's and they pretty awesome. Now they have never spoken to each other. They've only been DMing, I guess. That's it. Yeah. So uh, and and while it's a great way, sort of, to communicate, mm-hmm. you really got to talk to. Yeah, somebody, I think you know so. What I mean? Yeah, <laughs> because. I thought you were so cute. <laughs> like, oh, geez, never but, mind. Well, we'll see. But uh, nonetheless, we're going to see if we can make a connection here. <laughs> 
as we had the put a lot line. of pressure yeah, on. I know, yeah, I know. Yeah. So her name is Erin. I'm going to go to her first. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's get Erin on the line. Good morning, Erin. Hi, everyone. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. So um, you, give me your side of the story of this encounter of what took place when you were out on Broad Street. Yeah, so um, I am standing at City Hall with my friends, and um, someone walks by, and he's handing out drinks, and I, like, gave him a look, and he handed me a drink, and then I heard he, like, couldn't find his friends, he was complaining, so I, being, you know, a peewee cheerleader when I was five years old, was like, oh my God, stop <laughs> on my shoulder, and as the words are coming out of my mouth, I'm like, who just said that? And he was like, are you sure? And I'm like, yep, hop up here, buddy. Oh uh-huh. my God, Aaron! When you when you were a cheerleader, were were you a base? Is that were, were you used to lifting people? I was no. I, well, I was probably once. I think I was like a back spotter. Okay, I was also five years old. Right. 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 Yeah, I mean, you know, this is that's to hoist someone up on your shoulders. Yeah. When yeah. was when was the last time you had done that type of thing? I have never done it before in my life. <laughs> oh my God. I'm, I'm still in pain today. Oh, so, wow. Aaron, how powerful was that drink that you were handed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's something about being at City Hall. Yeah. The vibes are immaculate. You could just do anything. Yeah. And once I got past the squat yeah. and he was up in the air, it was fine. Yeah, no So, problem. that's the thing. You had to bend down. You had to bend down, get him uh, on your shoulders, and then squat up. Yeah. Yeah. I needed some help from friends to get the well, squat up. But yes. Once we were up there, we were. 10 out of 10. We you know, dead. the big secret is once you're vertical and once the w- the weight is in line, you, yeah. you, you that's. but the hard part is lifting up from the squat and you did it. Like, All right. Like a champ. <laughs> so, so yeah, Aaron. And then he found his friend. And yeah, so he finds his friend, you let him down, and then how did the date end? <laughs> <laughs> so then I threw my other friend up on my shoulders immediately once I knew I could do it. I was like, someone else get up here really quick. <laughs> And then he went and found his friends, and that was the end of it. And that Very was that. cool. Very okay, cool. So um, now, obviously, afterwards, he wondered, man, I wonder who that, that was, and I'd like to... It's know, not every woman that offers that to you. Had, had you uh, given a second thought uh, to him at all or until this Facebook thing came along? I literally was like, that's so funny. I texted my mom. I was like, oh, my God, I just hoisted a man on my shoulder. <laughs> and then I was like, I'll never see that man again. But I'm glad we were able to share that moment. So, all right. Uh, Aaron, real quick, where were you a peewee cheerleader? Um, for Kedron. Okay. Mm, okay. I mean, you know your Uncle Matt played for Folsom, and that's like Kedron's enemy, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so how, do you, how do you know this? So I found out that Aaron's... Uh, uh, Uncle Matt was my quarterback in Pee Wee football. There you and go. So, you know, of course, she's from Delco. And if she's from Delco, of course, her Uncle Matt and I played football and baseball together for a number of years. So uh, that's that's pretty wild. Um, and I, I. No, it's it, not. You know, everyone in Delaware. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's a given fact. Yeah. Yeah, it is pretty much a given fact. All right. Yeah. So you have not had a chance to actually speak to Jim, but you guys have been communicating uh, through Facebook or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. All right. You want to talk to him? Yeah. All right. All right. Well, let's, wow. let's do it. Hang on. Why is the music not playing? There it is. Thank there you. we go. The summer's place. All right. Let's let's uh, let's welcome Jim, everyone. Yay! Hey, Jim. How you doing? Hey, guys. How's it going? Wonderful. All right, Jim, question. Uh, I'm reading something here about you. Uh, it says you grew up in North northeast Philly, but you now live in Boston? 
No, I moved back from Boston. I, I was in Boston for five years uh, college through, or five years post-college. So okay. I moved back to Philly a year ago, and I'm, I'm uh, pumped to be here, though. All right. Wow. Okay. So, um, so you had to live in and in and around the Boston area all through <laughs> the Patriots, Red Sox, Bruins. Oh, it was brutal, oh. honestly. It was really, really brutal, and that's kind of one of the biggest reasons why I had to leave. Um, <laughs> I just couldn't take it anymore. I had to get out of there. All right, Jim. So let let's talk about this before we have you and uh, Aaron chat here. Um, sure thing. Tell us tell us about uh, your evening when you guys met out on the road there. Yeah, I mean, I think she hit the nail on the head with it. It was kind of one of those just short, fleeting, uh, random and spontaneous interactions that you can have with a stranger just on any given day. And, um, you know, I had lost my friends. My phone was completely dead. I also had a couple armfuls full of drinks that I (laughs) was bringing to my friends, but also was uh, offering to strangers as I was kind of making my way through the crowd. And, um I'm squeezing through kind of a tighter little area, and I see this girl kind of make eye contact and look down at the drinks that I had, and I kind of nodded, like, here, take one. And um, so she took one, and then I kind of made a, an audible, oh, like, how how the heck am I going to find my friends in this mess? And uh, without much hesitation, she mm-hmm. kind of gave me, like, oh, you want to hop on my shoulders? <laughs> um, yeah, like, Phil's just one. Why wouldn't I want to? Right. So, yes. Um, it, it seemed very natural, given the the general uh, vibes of the night and um, despite the fact that no strangers asked me that before. So, um, yeah, I hopped on up and I think once we got past the initial uh, lower part of the squat, she was pretty sturdy with me up there and uh, she was spinning me around for probably two minutes as I was (laughs) trying to find where the heck my my group was and they were the ones that saw me. So, um, I see them finally making their way over lining for me on some random uh, random girl's shoulders for <laughs> So Jim, when, when you when you first saw her and you, and you made the eye contact, did you was there a nanosecond where you're like, oh, this is, this is an attractive woman? I did notice that, yeah. yeah. She has a very nice smile, which is kind of what I'm a sucker for. So yeah. um so I did notice that. Um, and you're you're if I may say you're you're a good looking guy yourself, so uh, and then the, the the question that has to be asked, how much do you weigh? Yeah. I weigh about 160. Okay. That's, that's a, decent, right. that's a yeah. decent hoist. I'm on his uh, Facebook page right now. Jim looks like he's got a good head on his shoulders. He's a, he's a solid-looking dude. He's a slender man. Yeah. Uh, you've, you've got a good job. I'm just, he left Boston for the right reasons. I want to make sure that you're the right guy for Aaron, right? So yeah. you, you got a good career, buddy? Yeah. Yeah, I work in corporate finance. Okay. Oh, well, we don't want to place the onus that, you know... We, let it happen of its own momentum if there's going to be something. But I mean, no, this, I want to make sure that he's the is, right guy for my girl here. So, uh, this is one of the classic um, meat cutes that okay. you'd find in a rom com. Oh, very you know? well done, sir. That's exactly right. what that is. Uh, and yeah, we're looking at a picture of the two of you together. Yeah, Erin is adorable. She's cute. She's got her tongue out. She's ready to party. <laughs> she enjoyed that drink. Um, so, so she lets you down. You go about your way. At what point did it hit you later on, Jim? Was it the next day or later that evening or right then that you're like, damn it, I wish I would have found out who that person was? It was, yeah, I mean, so I probably mentioned to the friend who wrote the post um, five minutes later, just <laughs> very much in passing, like, man, like that girl, that girl is, I think, pretty cute, whose shoulders I were on. And <laughs> that was kind of that for the night. Um, and, you know, it, it, it didn't seem like the right 
seem to be trying to go pick, pick uh, you know, pick up chicks. Well, <laughs> right, right, yeah, right, right. But, yeah. Um, literally, I got picked up by one, but, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah just, you know, I was trying to soak it in, and um, that's what everybody there was trying to do. So it wasn't until the next day I then um, was texting with that same friend, Laird is his name, um, uh, clearly probably the greatest wingman in all of Philly. But, <laughs> oh, clearly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh so I mentioned to him again the next day, like, huh, I kind of wish I'd try to try to get that girl's number because that was hilarious. But, like, you know, no chance at this point. So right. I didn't think anything else would come of this um, for sure. So. And, and the, rest is, the rest is history. Now, yep. you know, sometimes like you, you go out on, if, if you're on a date, uh, you know, the, it's like, oh, when comes the point where maybe we hold hands or a, a good night kiss? You're you're you were literally um you know on her shoulders swept off your feet yeah with her hands yeah. on your thighs to stabilize you yeah. I mean you know so so th- th- there was a, obviously a lot of trust immediately established so once once this all paid off and and you realized the connection had been made uh who made uh, the first DM who was the first to reach out Yeah so um I guess technically Erin probably because she was the one that came in to the Facebook post, um, which had picked up a ton of traction at this point. Like, I couldn't even, I don't really use Facebook anymore, to be honest. Right. I was, I couldn't even, like, follow what comments were, were <laughs> right. saying what. So it yeah. took me a while to even, like, find the comment that she posted. But mm-hmm. um, she had a picture, which I didn't even know there was a picture being taken when I was up there. You can see my head kind of <laughs> right. talked off to the left, looking, you know, clearly looking for my friends. So, um yeah, so I see the picture, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, And then I didn't know if it was actually if it was just a random person that had the picture or if it was actually the girl in question. So no. um, there was this couple-hour waiting period where I was like, do I just, like, publicly ask her out on this on the Facebook <laughs> post? Do I message her? Like, I don't know if she's the right girl. Will she even see it if I message her? So um, finally, I, I did kind of a joint, uh, you know, wrote to her as a response to her post. Um, and then I also did send her a DM just to be like, hey, like, if, you know, I think this is you, but, like, if this is weird, sorry for putting you on the spot in front of. Yeah, very of nice. nice. Very well yeah. done. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Um, Jim, real quick, how old are you? I'm 29. And yeah. Aaron, how old are you? I'm 27. Oh, oh perfect. Come on. That's great. So, Aaron, let me ask you. You see this. You find out about this. You could have easily gone, oh, man, that's just some guy that we were drunk. I, you know. Um, I'm going to hands off on this, but you, you felt it was, uh, it'd be fun to kind of, uh, to go ahead and, and reach out and make a connection. Oh my God. Yeah. I was like, I have to give him this picture and like, <laughs> see what happens here. All right. so, you know, I didn't think it would blow up as much that comment, but I okay. was like, I hope he sees this. Listen, we, we, uh, and I was saying earlier to these guys, even if this is fake, which I don't think it is, um, it's, it's, it's too rom com and too like, uh, you, you, uh, you know, um, uh, Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson type of thing, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, uh, but uh, yeah, we, we love it. You guys, you guys need to exchange a few more words now. Erin, uh, what do you want to say to to Jim? You, I mean, you've been DMing, but you, yeah, you, now you get to speak. You get to converse sort of in person. <laughs> I know. Hi, yeah. Jim. I am so glad you found your friends. Um, <laughs> and I'm so glad you saw my post. Um and thank you for also, like, DMing me, just in case I was terrified after seeing 4,000 people like that. <laughs> um, and I can't wait to put you on my shoulders again. Oh, oh wow. That's this is this that you guys are, are uh, 
when we saw the picture right off the bat, I thought, and again, don't want to place the weight of a, mm. of a, you know, this going really the distance or whatever, but, well. but it is such a wonderful thing. It'd be a great story to tell the children you will name after. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jim, what do you have to say to Aaron? Yeah, I mean, uh, first off, thank you for helping me uh, find my friends, and I hope your shoulders do recover from that for holding me up there for so long. And um, no, that was just such a fun interaction, and I, I apologize for putting your dating life on blast in front of the entire city because um, that was not my intention with this. But um, yeah, it's been a, a hilarious interaction, and um, you know, I, I'd love to meet up. Uh, at minimum, just to have a laugh about this and, uh, you know, see if we vibe. So. This, guy, uh, guys, this guy's I, firing on all cylinders. Aaron, it's the right stuff. If you don't go on a date with him, I will. Because <laughs> I'm loving what I'm hearing here. Um, are, have you guys uh, had a chance to, to plan a, a, a meetup at some point? Uh, we've talked about it a little bit. Um, nothing set in stone yet. It's been kind of a crazy week. And well, um, if I may jump in here, sure, so. the the obvious thing is to, in some form or another, to do something connected to the uh, to the uh, the World Series and see. Yeah. see God. I mean that that obviously is something. I mean, you know, we can get you uh, Scorpion King three on Blu-ray, <laughs> but uh, but maybe somebody who's listening in a, in a place of power. I know. I know Are you uh, saying to get them tickets to the World Series? Get them something. Yeah, it's a maybe. Maybe a primo sandwich tray and uh, yeah, you know, and, and a pair of thirty five hundred dollar yeah. tickets. I don't know. <laughs> We're not empowered to do this, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe there is an a, a a romantic heart out there that has the wherewithal to do this. I know you guys. There was a feature. Um, Lisa uh, Vitarelli did it right on, on Six yeah. ABC. Right, so so um, what on these guys? Yeah, on these guys. Oh, I didn't yeah, know yeah. that. Okay, so, so um, yeah, so um. You know, it's out there. Has, has anybody reached out to you for anything like this? No, not on my end. Okay. No, no. All right. Uh, well, listen, I, I think this is great. I think you guys need to, I think you need to plan a date. Yes. Yeah. And go out and, and do a follow-up and see how things are. Maybe they can double date with Charlie Manuel in his wife. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jim, do you still, where do you live now? Sorry? Uh, where do you live now? Are you, you? I know you grew up in Northeast Philly, but do you yeah, live I'm there now? Or? City now, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm pretty downtown on JFK Boulevard. Okay, and where do you uh, reside, Aaron? I'm in Grad Hospital, so not too far. Okay, they're both in Philadelphia. Oh, oh man, man, I don't know, I, and I just think they look like a good couple. <sighs> I do too. I just, I, you know, this has got all the elements. I would say let's set them up with a dinner date or something like that, but we're. Too busy planning the camp out for hunger right now. <laughs> Can you guys you guys come down to camp out for hunger? Oh, I love that. Okay. Maybe we can, um, you know. All right. We made an offer last time, Preston, to give the RV over to a couple to consummate the... No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, listen, I think this... I'm glad that they've they've now made a, a voice connection. Yeah. Um, and I think we need it's, to it's see... It's a precious little thing. Yeah, you guys got to go on a date. You got to see this thing. You at least have to take it out for a spin. Yes. You're, you're committed now. There's too many people invested in this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have two sets yeah. of shoulders. But you All know, right. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know how to end this, uh, uh, other I, than... I think a Commitment to intercourse. Thank yeah. you, you guys, for <laughs> coming on this morning. Uh, but I, I want to hear more about this. I do, too. For sure. Uh, but uh, I, I think it's a cute story no matter what. So we, we'll stay in touch, and we'll see yeah. if, if someone reaches out to us. We'll try to get that information to you again. You know, we, we, But I think that'd be a wonderful thing if something connected to this ended up falling into your collective laps or your shoulders. Yeah. And we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. Well, thank okay. you. 
Uh, thank you, Jim. Thank you, Aaron. And we wish you guys luck, okay? Thanks Thank so much, you guys. Guys so much. All right, we'll see you later. All right, Jim and Aaron. I just love that. Potential love story here. Do you have a, uh, you sort of had a meet cute. Well, your your wife, it's on her, on her birthday, she was she was working at a place and you you had to work it to get her, right? I, I, was, a, I was a DJ and she was a tub girl. Right. A beer tub girl. Right. <laughs> yes, it was made in uh, 90s heaven. She was working as a waitress in a cocktail bar? Yeah. yeah okay. that, well, that much is true. <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> I mean, listen, I met my wife. She was uh, at a, and I don't mean to make this all about myself, but uh, we were, I was standing on the corner of seven. Winslow, Arizona? Winslow, yeah. Arizona. No, oh. at, uh, there was a girl, my lord, in a flatbed Ford. Ford. No, yeah. she was but actually, a, that was sort of the case. She, she was, was in, in a car. Dodge Intrepid, yeah. and she was at a stoplight, and I was standing on the corner. It was Selling old, newspaper inserts for the Variety Club. Old, it was all Newsboys Day. Yeah. Man, I met her for about 15 to 30 seconds, and she drove away, and I thought that was going to be it. And then I got an email, and, uh, you know, and here we are. There have been times in my life, obviously pre when I, uh, you know, uh, met Rochelle, where I... In the syphilis days. Well, no, when I I would be amongst other people, and not necessarily at bars, but maybe wherever. Uh, And and if you're around, you know, let's say you're at a... Uh, at a sporting event or something like that, where there's lots of people and you're walk, somebody's walking the other way, you're walking this way, and for whatever reason, a second, boom, something, yeah, something sparks, and then fireworks, yeah, then they're gone forever, yeah. yeah. And I, I have thought back of man, I wonder, you know what I mean? No, I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna die in a week. But, uh, but but I remember in those times thinking, man, I wonder, you know, should I have, should I have stopped and, and done something and talked? But my absolute terror of rejection yes. would never allow me to do things uh, like that. Yeah. I've acted on once or twice, but everything worked out, as we say. Right. You know, look where we are now. It, yeah. it, you, it worked out the way it was supposed to work out. Yeah, And, and Claire, my wife, was the... Uh, she was an intern at a radio station that I was working at um, and, um, um, you know, was working in promotions. And, and they put her back in the office where I was working. I was like, hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And, and then they, we were off and running. I remember I was at a, uh, it was like an after hours type of club. I was with my brother and his friends. And uh, and then there was a girl that was with them, his friend's friends. And, uh Man, we had a blast. It was like a, it was like oldies night, and and she and I were dancing. And we were having the best time, and and we just really, really hit it off. And I remember I woke well, there up she and, was just a walking, walking down, down the street, and she was singing, "Do a Diddy do crazy." No, but I remember waking up the next morning, going, oh, "Man, was that just me that was having like the best time?" Or, or right. you know, and I, it was I, man, that was really, really great I, time. Have and, you ever had a missed like a, a full missed encounter like this? Like a well, hang on, all right, because and I was just. You know, I, I was not. You know, I was no Romeo back sure. then. You know, sure. I, I didn't have luck with the ladies or anything like that. But dude, wouldn't you know it? Like a few hours later, brother is like, "Hey, man, Steve called and said that uh, I'm not going to say her name. Yeah. We'll just call her Jane. Uh, Jane says she had such a great time with you last night, and she'd like." I was like, "No way!" I was like, "I had a great time too." <laughs> 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 it, it ended up not working. I would think go out on a date yeah. or two, and but she tried uh, to kill your cat. <laughs> but but at least you tried it, and you yeah. don't and, and you don't have that story of. Well, I didn't have I'm... the balls to say anything that night. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But what th- those that's a magical. You know, oh, man. they're going to have that meet cute. You know. Yeah. Uh, have the... you ever had the uh, the mist? 
Uh, uh, no, not. I mean, yeah. I, I, I remember feeling that sensation right. of uh, man, I, you and, know, or trying to act on it to find a person yeah. that you had a chance encounter with. But there's nothing like the beginning of a relationship, though, right? No, oh my god, yeah. It's oh yeah, pretty damn special. But like now, do you think be, just because of social media and and all, you know everybody I, having, I think it's probably a lot easier. Easier, right? Like yeah. if you missed that opportunity. You know, there's so many different avenues that you can go to now to, you know, maybe follow up. Kathy, how did you and Dennis meet? Uh, at a bar. Okay. <laughs> you guys did go to college together, right? But you yeah, didn't but know we each didn't other? Know, we didn't know each other. Yeah. 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 So it was uh, not a good story. <laughs> <laughs> really? Uh, that yeah, I was at a bar. I yeah. mean, well, who oh, wants I thought, to I say that? Well, I met Rochelle. Story. He picked me up off the floor and cleaned the puke off my face. <laughs> I met Rochelle at a bar. I mean, you know, yeah. but I, it, it was kind of fun. I, I'm not embarrassed by no. it. Uh, I always no. just thought it wasn't like a great story. You know what I mean? Who, it was like, did, did you, he approach did, you? you? Yeah. Uh, well, we did, we knew each other, so uh, you were lying dancing. Yeah. He came over and bought you some redheaded sluts. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Right. No, it was like it, I think it was twenty five. No, it, we're going to need a lot of drinks. Twenty five cent mixed drinks. Okay, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah so. one of those. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, did he? Ha- he he didn't have an opening line or anything. I, yeah. Again, college. Yeah. I yeah. don't remember much <laughs> about it. <laughs> Such an important person. You want to share one of your relationships? Um, well, I, don't, I don't know which one to ask you about. <laughs> There are so many places. <laughs> a lot of drunken memories there. We were there for... Andrea, Andrea? Andrea and I met at a, a charity event uh, for the sister station, The Fanatic, down the hall. We were at uh, a bar in Center City, and she came, and uh, we just started hanging out and chatting. But she was actually dating somebody at the time. It was the tail end of that relationship. And I really liked her, and I just stayed patient with her. But, Casey, to your point earlier, like I got her name, and I and I, I looked her up as soon as I got home. And ah. I was like, oh, I, I can... Follow this person on social media. Yeah. Never had that years ago. Well, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like you try to do it in the least stalky way possible and just be nice about it, and, and that's how I did it. Um, but uh, eventually, that relationship with well, the other guy ended. But Steve, I had a missed encounter one time that I'll never forget. I met a girl on a subway in Washington D.C. It was on the metro one time, and we just started chatting. And uh, she went to McGill University in uh, Montreal. And right. I knew about McGill, and we started talking about it. And we hit it off, and then she got off at one subway stop, and I kept on going. And how was, long did you ponder that? I, um, how old am I right now? now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was like I was twenty-one or twenty-two years old, and she—it was a great conversation. And she got off the she got off the metro, and I kept going. And I was like, man, that would have been nice to continue that conversation. There used to be a column in the back of the city paper. It was missed encounters. Oh, yeah. And people I people that. would submit. It was pre-social media, and you just had to write your story and hope. That that person was would read the city paper too and see it and maybe find a way to meet you. Right. You remember yeah. one time we tr- we tried to find the girl that I lost my virginity to? Y- uh, yes. Because all I knew about her was her first name mm. and uh, the one night where she was at Bucknell where I was. Did we find her? No. Uh, no. Her name was April and uh, she was a student that. You know I like you, ponytail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That never came to fruition. Hey, you, um, you I, I, I want to go to this call real quick because Liz has a similar story uh, to uh, Jim and. Aaron. Uh, hi, Liz. You're on the air. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Hey, what's up? So I wanted to tell a story about how I met my husband that I just married a couple weeks ago. Oh, oh congratulations. Uh, thank you. So we met on the best day ever was when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. You met uh, the day of the Super Bowl? The day of. So we were at the same Super Bowl party. Okay. Um, I was hanging out with my girlfriends on the top floor of this house. He was with all the guys on the bottom. Uh, but when the, when they won the Super Bowl, we all rushed to get all of our things and run down to Broad Street together. Um, so we're all marching down Broad Street, probably like 30 of us initially. But then we started getting separated in all the chaos. 
and I find Aaron, who I hadn't spoken yet, but I recognized from the party. Um, and we just stick together for the whole celebration. He's got a whole backpack full of beers. <laughs> uh, I got really cold at night, so he gives me his eagle scarf. Ah, nice. Wow. Yeah, and we find a couple of our friends, um, and we go down to a bar right off abroad and end up chatting for like an hour that night. But then he splits off and goes home and texts me, I think, the next day saying, hey, I want to get my evil scarf back. Like, can we meet up for the parade or something like that? Right. Um, and then we went on a date and two years later hey, we got married. Hey, so, history. You guys didn't kiss that first night, did you? We did not kiss. Okay. I didn't get on his shoulders. <laughs> not a, good, a good picture, though, with the group. <laughs> okay. All right, that's great. I, I it's, think it's close. It's similar. Not a c- complete chance encounter, but cool. Thank you, Liz. Good for you guys. Congratulations on getting married. Oh, thank you. Think Excellent. about the general goodwill and the this the the the, the, the ecstatic nature of that yeah. event. You know, I, I, how many people, how many relationships were forged in the victory parade for the Eagles or for the for the uh, the Phillies parade? Yeah. You know, the, where you're there and you're like-minded people, and you're just having that kind of um, chance encounter. Hey, by the way, I know this might be jumping the gun a little bit. I had mentioned to Jim and Aaron at the uh, Camp Out for Hunger, yeah. we could have a wedding ceremony there. That's we absolutely could. Yeah. Oh We've I mean, done it before. We're going to give them time to have a few dates under their belt. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. We, we could arrange something Yeah, like we don't that. want it to be ridiculous. Right. Here's a cool text that came in, Preston, from a, a recent Preston and Steve event. It says, I met my boyfriend this year at the Keenan Summer Kickoff Party. Oh, hey. I was the driver of the Surrey. Oh my God. <laughs> and he was the photographer that got hit by the guys on the Surrey. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. I, t- I was riding in that Surrey. Yeah. I remember running that dude over. Man, those hey, girls were awesome. lit. They yes. were lit up. And they, they were wonderful. Were. Oh, my God. Well, good. I hope this. Uh, I hope that goes to death. See that? All right. Listen, uh, thank you for your calls and this lo- wonderful uh, chit-chat about love. And I hope uh, I hope something happens here. Oh. I, they're, they're both, uh, they, they both sound like fun people. Yeah. Uh, we do need to take a break, though, because we have... Have a Yuhu Loot coming up, and it'll be along in less than 10 minutes. So let's take a break, come back in just a second, and we have the bizarre file coming up too. Stay with us, we'll be right back. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Well, check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on MMR's mobile app. Celebrate the coziest season with Acme. They're bringing all the fall flavors to you. From pumpkin everything to caramel apples and all your seasonal favorites. Make the most of fireside dinners, game-winning touchdowns, and warm family gatherings. Acme's here to help you spice, season, and savor every moment. You'll find fresh inspiration, chef-curated recipes, on-demand cooking classes, and more just waiting to be enjoyed. So slow down and fall into flavor at acmemarkets.com slash fall. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Hey, after the Bizarre File, we have a little concert announcement. Yeah. Now, Bizarre. WMMR presents Bizarre. Preston and Steve's Bizarre, Bizarre File. All right, um, we're going to, you know what, okay. From time to time, people will send me Bizarre File stories, and sometimes I'll get them from multiple people. I think this could be... The story that I received from more people than I ever had. Wow, that's saying a lot. In the 25 some odd years that we have been on the air. And you'll understand why when I pass this along to you. A grandmother was swallowed 
hole by a 22-foot-long python in Indonesia. With shocking video capturing the moment that her remains were found inside the cut-open beast. Hi, Grandma! The police said... Uh, that a search was launched after the victim, only identified as Jahara, had failed to return from collecting rubber from a plantation. Oh. Her husband searched the area, but only found his wife's sandals, jacket, headscarf, and knife. This isn't good. He returned to the same area with a search party the next day, stumbling across a giant snake with a swollen midsection where it had eaten something large. Video shows a volunteer carefully using a branch to pin the python's head down as others start bashing it above the swollen area. Uh, The disturbing clip then cut to villagers carefully slicing it open, revealing what officials say was the swallowed body of the missing grandma. So I saw this video and... it's hard to see that it's a human being in there. It's black, dark. It, it's, it looks, the skin looks odd. It looks really strange. The whole. I agree. Because I was looking for something, it's any indication of a human body. And it yeah. looked more like some sort of, maybe like a young deer or something like that. Or I don't know. I have no idea. But they're saying that it is this woman. because and, and the, the skin, There's an AARP card there. The skin oh. had changed color or something along those lines. But it, yeah. Hi, so, Grandma. Uh, the snake lightly bit Jahara and then suffocated her by wrapping itself uh, around her before swallowing her. Uh, they and not that the snake, could, the snake could easily do that. Uh, they estimated that it would have taken at least two hours for the snake to swallow her. Uh, it was not even a record for the village as far as the size goes, where a 27-foot-long python was previously spotted. That's so no way to live. We'll see if there's uh, some kind of a follow-up to that, but that was uh, that's pretty messed up. It was warm in there. I have a second uh, snake story. A well-endowed man was rejected for a job after his big bulge was mistaken for inappropriate behavior during an interview. Wow. Joe, who's... I'm big dick black. Joe, whose Willie is a whomping nine and a half inches long Whoa. when he's excited, uh, wow. suggested being blessed with a massive member isn't necessarily all that it's cracked up to be, as his supersized schlong can hinder everyday life, according to this what news a, report. What a curse. Yeah. Uh, on one occasion, he believed it even scuppered his chances of landing a new job. By the way, he's appearing on a show in, uh, in the U.K. on Channel 4. It is titled... My massive C word. <laughs> really? That's the name of the show. And wow. who hosts that? I don't know. Uh, he said, uh, Big Dick Black. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the guy. I'm your host. Big Dick Black. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, he said, I went for this interview. I thought the interview went really well. But the uh, he said, but suit trousers are well fitting. Very tight. And the response I got was, you're not going to get the job. We thought you were a good candidate. But we thought that there was inappropriate behavior happening. He said that they thought that I had Woody... Through this whole interview, and they were very much like your attire wasn't right. They clearly meant that we could see your D. Huh. In Britain, the national average penis size is 5.17 inches long. Oh, uh, got to move to England. His is nine and a half. Uh, Joe, who is only five foot six inch tall, six inches tall, said his extra large todger was disproportionate. He said it's like nearly a twelfth of my height. <laughs> the scaling is off. Well, he's really thought this through. He recalled how rumors about his considerable package started to spread after his pal spotted it in the football changing rooms. And now he goes to great lengths to reduce the risk of problems, including buying special underwear with an extended pouch. Despite the career setback... That's going to make it worse. Joe remained upbeat about his situation, even creating a mold of his member later in the episode. Why not wear hoop skirts? Yeah. 
Uh, an Iranian hermit nicknamed the world's dirtiest man for not taking a shower for more than half a century yeah. has died. He was 94 years old. Wow. Well, there might be something to recommend that. Amu Haji, an endearing, his name, his nickname, all right, it's apparently a nickname for an elderly person. He died on Sunday in the village of Dega, and Haji, covered in soot and living in a cinder block shack, was reported by local media to not have who have to not have bathed with water or soap in more than sixty years. As he was decomposing, he smelled better. Villagers said that he had experienced emotional setbacks in his youth that led to him refuse to wash. In 2014, the Tehran Times reported that Hajid would eat roadkill, smoke a pipe filled with animal excrement, oh and believed that cleanliness would make him ill. It's just kind of my thing. Uh, but a few months ago, villagers have persuaded him to wash for the first time. And now he's dead. And now he's, and now dead. he's dead. After Stop ha- eating roadkill and wash. After All right. Haji's death, the unofficial record, could go to an Indian man who also had not bathed for much of his life in 2009. Uh, the Hindustan Times reported that Kalash Kalu Singh from a village uh, outside the whole city of Ranazi had not washed for more than 30 years in an attempt to help end all problems confronting the nation. So we're looking at a picture of this dude, I guess the one who passed away. Yep. Uh, that is one dirty dude. Uh, yep. Uh, he would reject water in favor of what he called a fire bath. Uh, that's the guy currently that is the dirtiest he man He did, alive. though. They said that his cologne of choice was Hugo Boss. Really? Oh. Okay. Uh, in Des Moines, Iowa, sheriff's deputies and state officials are investigating an Iowa woman's claim her late father was one of America's most prolific serial killers. According to his daughter, uh, Donald Dean Studdy, or it might be yeah. Studdy, S-T-U-D-E-Y, murdered five or six women a year over several decades and buried them in and around an abandoned well on his property near Thurman. You know how daughters brag about their dads. Uh, so the county sheriff is Kevin uh, Astrope. And uh, he said that Thurm- the Thurman population is about 167 people, so it's a tiny, tiny town. Wow, wow, wow. It's near the Iowa-Nebraska state line. On October 21st, two cadaver dogs took to the site and had hits indicating possible existence of decomposing remains in the area of a well. <laughs> he said she's got a hell of a story, but we don't have any proof of anything other than we had a cadaver dog hit. We've got to have more proof than that. He said that he asked the Iowa Division of Criminal Investigation for assistance. The woman, Lucy Studi, said that her father killed roughly 70 women, mostly prostitutes and runaways, and buried them on the family's rural five acres. Estrope said that he and his deputies began looking into her claims in 2021 when she contacted the sheriff's office for at least the second time to report that there were five or six dead women buried on the land where her father lived uh, until his death in 2013. She told them the bodies had been buried in and around an old well in a wooded area that was later logged. Uh, sheriff's investigators spent much of last year attempting to find the well and get permission from the current owners of the property. Uh, the well, since filled in, was 90 feet deep, and excavating it will be a major undertaking. Wow. As Trope said that it's hard to believe that many women could have disappeared from the Omaha area. Right. Where Studi's daughter told Newsweek her father hunted for victims without drawing attention. But if some of the women were from other cities, as Trope said, he can imagine that it may be possible. Uh, with Donald Studi dead, finding the bodies and identifying the remains will be complicated. Court records show that Donald Studi had a history of arrest. 
Uh, and so they're looking into this. But if so, he would be one of the worst serial killers of all time. So you're, you're familiar with Henry Lee Lucas, right? The serial killer as well. Uh, he's, he's you know, given estimates as high as 180 people that he says he's killed. No one knows. There's no way to know over the course of years. The most prolific serial killers on record uh, are Samuel Little, uh, who has definitively tied, been tied to 60 murders. Uh, and uh, Gary Ridgway, who is the Green River killer, yes. he confessed to 60 murders when he was arrested and uh, is suspected to have killed more than 70 women as well. So. You know, it's a while, and some of these stories like this one, Preston, where they will have, they'll be carrying on this horrendous lifestyle and they'll be doing these things and yet maintain a home life. Like the uh, the movie about the the hitman and, and uh, went on to read the book uh, the Iceman. Yeah. Oh who, yeah, yeah. Who was Kuklinski? Unbelievably brutal, but yeah. at home was just a oh dad daddy's home. Yeah, the BTK guy yeah. was that way. It was active in his church. And all right. That. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. All right. Um, don't forget, you have about two minutes left to enter the word idea for you who loot, and we wrap that up tomorrow. All right. So the word is idea, and real quick, we have a concert announcement. So. Actually, I told you about this already, but we have the official on-sale date info. It is uh, MMR, proud to present the Adjacent Music Festival. Two days on the beach in Atlantic City, Memorial Day weekend, Blink-182, Paramore, Turnstile Bleachers. I'm sorry, Turnstile, Bleachers, Coheed and Cambria, more than 40 artists. Who is the band? Uh, Mannequin Pussy. Mannequin Pussy. (laughs) They're going to be there. Uh, And so... Tickets go on sale on Friday at 10 a.m., but there is an early bird ticket sale taking place Thursday, today at 10 a.m. while supplies last. So you can get tickets at adjacentfestival.com, and you can listen to win tickets throughout this weekend on MMR and another chance to win at WMMR.com. So that's going to be cool, man. Uh, I'd love to get Coheed and Cambria guys back in. They were so awesome. Yep. So that's coming up. In Atlantic City, uh, the show will be Saturday, the, uh, I'm sorry, May 27th and May 28th. So that's when that is going to be. And tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. with an early bird sale today at 10 a.m. as well. Um, and with that, let's give away a pair of tickets oh, to go to the show. Caller number 18-215-263-WMMR, and you win... Uh, two-day passes. Oh, not too shabby. So you get to go May 27th and 28th. And, uh, yeah, we'll take care of it. WMMR.com for another chance to win and to get details there. With that, we're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second. I think we're, yeah, we got Ricky Metallico popping in here talking pills. So we'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. Wait, what's a, where was that place Preston and Steve said that guy did that thing that one time? Uh, don't bother your friends. If you missed something on the Preston and Steve show, the daily podcast and the YouTube stream are posted on PrestonandSteve.com every day after the show for just such occasions. It's always there and always free. And that is until the internet breaks and we've got bigger problems. World Series starts tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. It's incredible how things have changed so quickly over the last few weeks. Uh, and we're loving talking about it. We're loving having friends by. In fact, I called him a guest. He said off air. He's like, I'm not a guest anymore. No. He's no. part of the family. No. He's a bud. Please.
the Pennsylvania State Police has issued an Amber Child Abduction Alert for Harrisburg City PD, Dawson County. Harrisburg City PD is searching for Amon Long, five-year-old male, and Ezekiel Long, four-year-old male. They were last seen at 5 a.m. today and were forced into a vehicle in the 2000 block of Holly, Harrisburg City, in Dauphin County. The vehicle was being operated by Kenneth Smiley, 39-year-old, 5'5", 180 pounds. Kenneth Smiley and the two children are traveling in a 2008 black Nissan Maxima, Pennsylvania registration LMJ5478. Call 911 if seen. The Pennsylvania State Police has issued an Amber Child Abduction Alert for Harrisburg City PD, Dawson County. Harrisburg City PD is searching for Amon Long, five-year-old male, and Ezekiel Long, four-year-old male. They were last seen at 5 a.m. today and were forced into a vehicle in the 2000 block of Holly, Harrisburg City, in Dauphin County. The vehicle was being operated by Kenneth Smiley, 39 years old, 5'5", 180 pounds. Kenneth Smiley and the two children are traveling in a 2008 black Nissan Maxima, Pennsylvania registration LMJ5478. All 911 have seen. I think we're back. I think we are back. So, uh, unfortunately, it was an Amber Alert, which, uh, bizarrely, when you're on this end of the microphone, we can't hear it. No. Uh, and so we were having a nice conversation about the fills, <laughs> and the Amber Alert popped up, and I didn't know until halfway through the conversation, so I didn't even get to hear the info on that Amber Alert. So I want to find out what that is in just a little bit. But kudos to Ricky Vitalico for admitting to robbing that liquor store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was uh, great. Oh, yeah. That's a very, very big <laughs> Oh, yeah. Event. You got to own up. Um, bad. So I asked Marissa, I'm like, at what point did, did, the, uh, did the Amber Alert break in? And, he, and she said, as soon as you guys said hello. <laughs> yeah, right? Great, great. All right, anyhow, we were, you were talking about how you haven't gotten much sleep. You finally got some yeah. sleep last night. Because uh, it's been so crazy. There's been a lot going on. This, yeah. this was very unexpected. I, I don't think anybody in the city really thought that the Phillies were going anywhere. Even if they made the playoffs, I think, okay, if they win one series and then they're done, we could take that. That right. would make everybody yeah. happy. But it now like, all cre- of a sudden, people got people are hungry. It like yeah. crept up. Like, And I was like, wait a minute, what? Oh, they, they won? They're, <laughs> yeah. they're winning? Yeah. What? Yeah. Like, even, when, even when they won that uh-huh. last game, and I was like, wait, so... They're going to the World yeah, Series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just so much different because you remember back in 2008, 9, 10, there were expectations for yes, those teams. exactly. There's no expectation. And all of a sudden, they're, they had, they're, they're making a run. And yeah. they're, I mean, it's, it still hasn't sunk into me that they're playing in the World Series tomorrow. <laughs> I want to I go back to what you were saying while we, uh, the Amber Alert came in. You had said that the team uh, was, you had heard from, from players that, um, they were so they were so surprised at the end of the regular season. They were trying so hard just to get into the playoffs that the pressure's off. That the Once pressure's they off. get into the playoffs, you got to understand it's been I'm going to say three years where they've had opportunities late in the season, late in September to get in the playoffs, and they just couldn't get over that hump. And there's a good handful of guys that are still on the team that when that started, uh, you know. They're carrying that every right. single year. They carry that to the offseason. That's a lot of pressure to keep carrying in, carrying in. And then this one looked like they had a really good chance yeah. at the beginning of September. Then they started falling apart. And then I'm sure all that pressure kind of just came right back down on all these guys. And then they make it in. And it's, 
cake. We had cake uh, we had Charlie Manuel on yesterday and, and talking about how uh, like loose Bryce's swing is right now, and he's not gripping the bat too hard, and he and he obviously he's playing out of his mind. You know, I, I never uh, Bryce is one of the best players in the in the league, but I never expected him to play as well as he's playing right now. Uh, and it just for him to get in this groove at this time is unbelievable. He's a Philly god. I yeah, mean, I, yeah. It's it's odd. I, I, I mean, as a sports god, and I look at it this way. Um, this is a guy who has come over. He has won an MVP. He has, he has now gotten the team to the playoffs. Now he's gotten this team to the World Series, and it was a lot on him. Yeah. I mean, you know, you think about this. I, I know we all look at it as he's making $30 million. It can't be that hard to play some baseball. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he looks at it like that. No. I really don't. No, I, I, I don't get that either. he looks at it like, you know, they did pay me a lot of money, but I have to perform. Or else Did this you is feel all that useless. way? And when you were on the mound, I wasn't and, and, making the thirty. <laughs> I know, I know, but but you know, truth be told, like you were you were making a decent amount of money back I in the day, on... and you were also brought in the game mm-hmm. at very very crucial points. I mean, you were you were closer, right? And like you were you were expected to shut the door and lock it. I felt bad for like if I blew a save, I felt bad for the guys that I the, the other guys in the room, not right. for myself. Okay, I but always what about... felt bad for them when I saved the game. I felt like uh, that was just my job. That's right. what I was supposed to do. But so. was there ever any pressure on you? You're like. Okay, they're they're paying me this money, and you know, oh, did yeah. that ever? Okay, when I when I hurt my elbow, mm-hmm. I, I had surgery, and I came back way too soon. I came back months too soon okay. because I felt like I owed them to. Would you have back. Tommy John's or no? I had three quarter size bone spurs Damn. on my elbow. Why couldn't you have Tommy John's? Everybody comes back like yeah, I would have been throwing <laughs> two hundred miles an hour. You felt like you needed to get back out there, even though you probably weren't fully healed. Yeah, let me put it this way. Uh, Jake Arrieta, when he was here, had the same surgery. He was out for the season, and then he had the whole off season to heal. I had surgery in I want to say late June, and I was back in uh, Scranton on a rehab assignment in July. Wow! Whoa. So that was just stupidity on all parts. Do you? Do you I assume you carry some residual lifelong pain and things from that that'll yeah. pop up now and yeah. then, right? Yeah. So when people say and and listen. I know the default is to say they, they get this money and so on and so forth, but the wear and tear on a body, especially at the time you were playing when there wasn't perhaps as much attention to, we got to play this right. We got to think the long, you know, this is a person here, you know. Yeah, I, ma- I made it 11 and a half years, two yeah. surgeries, right. which yeah. used to be normal back then. If you have one or two surgeries, you're a major league baseball player. Right, right. But, I mean, now, yeah, my sh- my right shoulder is pretty much garbage. Okay. I mean, I had forgotten about a few things about the Phils being in the playoffs. Uh, first of all, the like the nervous energy. You know, you feel, you sit where you're watching the game, and you even if you're at the game or you're on your couch, you start feeling it in the pit of your stomach. And then you mentioned at the beginning of the interview, Rick, uh, the lack of sleep. You know, like all of a sudden you're you're bleary eyed. Uh, maybe you've had a, a few cocktails, and then like so the fact that they wrapped it up on Monday night or on Sunday night and didn't have to go back to San Diego on Monday and Tuesday. I'm 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 grateful for the team to making it to the World Series, but I'm also selfishly glad because I don't have to stay up on Monday and Tuesday night. <laughs> You're selfishly glad. I wish they had already started because this team <laughs> yeah. was rolling. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, at the yeah, time yeah. it happened, this team was rolling, and I I just I could understand if the other series was still going on that they'd wait this long. But that series ended, I believe, the same day or the next day. Yeah. So, Charlie yeah. said the same thing. Yes, he, what you just said, he said, he like, he just go, go, you, you got yeah. it, go, you the, know? Well, it's a feeling. Yeah. I mean, baseball's a weird sport. You guys, you guys have seen it. It could come and go as quick, you know, it could come as quickly as it went. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where, 
you know what? When you're hot, you want to ride that as long as you possibly can. And when you're cold, this is what you would need. I'm fasc- both teams were hot. I'm fascinated by this 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 dynamic, and I've mentioned it to a couple of people that we talked to about the, as you said, you're just playing, you know, playing the season, just trying to distinguish yourself in some way. You're not even thinking World Series, so you get to this, and and Nick has used the phrase often, like playing with the house money. Yeah, like. All of this, I think, makes makes this the right moment with everyone sort of coming into their own without being a Pollyanna about things. I think it just feels right on every level. Well, I, ju- I just think this is a team that if they win the World Series, I think that's above and beyond anything we could have ever believed with this team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At least this year. I think next year, if this would have happened, yeah. I, I'd say, okay, this is where we're supposed to be right now. Yeah, right? yeah. But, I mean, that's what ma- that's, I think that's what makes, has made this so great, this run, that it's been so unexpected, and it seems like everybody is on the bandwagon. And trust right. me, there was nobody on this bandwagon <laughs> yeah. in September. Nope. Nobody was going I to wasn't. the ballpark. Yeah. And then, uh, but I think the fans, I think there is a really large fan base for the Phillies. Yeah. But I think it was just kind of like, don't trust them. Don't trust now I trust them, and right. they all jumped I think down. you're right, yeah. So um, the extra day of rest has allowed uh, Rob Thompson to set up the starting pitching the way mm-hmm. that he wants to. You get Aaron Nola going, uh, Aaron Nola going in game one, and then I, I saw a stat yesterday that uh, Zach Wheeler, when he pitches on an extra day's rest, his ERA comes down by like a run. Yeah, well, both of them, Nola oh. and him, but Nola's, Nola's it's going to be a while for Nola since he's pitched. Um, I, I think it's a good idea, and the reason why I say this, we because Zach Wheeler went on the injured list in August, um, and he, quite frankly, he hasn't gotten stretched out. I mean, you look for a guy to be at 100 pitches who's an ace of a staff. He hasn't really gotten by 75, 80 pitches without showing some form of fatigue. So I think it's a good move by Thompson. A lot of people will tell you differently. but I, And Aaron Nola just pitched there and had a complete game through six and two-thirds, which doesn't hurt. Perfect game. Yeah, uh, per, yeah perfect yeah, yeah. game through six and two-thirds. That's that, to me, is the guy you want starting. I think the confidence level's there already for him. It's the only way to, to I mean, because you can you can train, you can warm up, you can do all of that stuff. But to me, it would seem the only way to really get warmed up is to play. Yeah. Right? In, in a real game, doing the real thing that you've been paid and called upon to do. Yeah, apparently a lot of these other teams, like when... This year you had the third wild card, so there were teams that got buys for for basically a week. Right. I mean, that's hard on a baseball team. That's probably why everything ended up the way it did, and I have a feeling they're going to end up changing this in the future. (laughs) But I just think, um, you know, when you're on that long of a thing, you try to get in these simulated games, but it's not real. I mean, these guys aren't going to try to bust you inside as right. a hitter. If you hit them, I mean, then you're then you're in more trouble. Just the huh? knowledge of that. It's just the just, knowledge. It's just yeah. to try to get them reps, and yeah. I, don't, I don't think it works very well. I think you're right. Huh. Huh. Um, okay, so the, the rest, I guess you're saying, is more important for the pitcher, not the players. Not yeah, the what's rest a cupcake on your head? It is. Actually, it is. Uh, it's got a cupcake on his ass. It's not a cupcake. It's, uh, it's water ice. And water it's, ice. Uh, Lehigh Valley uh, Iron Picks. It's ah. you know, one of their like, specialty hats. You hear about them? This thing oh. came out this morning that apparently the city's not going to pay for their upgrades. Their upgrade, they're not going to no. do it. And they've been threatened by the International League that if they don't upgrade, they're done. No, they yeah. have the best hats. Oh, they call <laughs> uh, The bacon hats? Yeah, yeah, bacon hats. Was the hot dog hat? Hot dog was actually... Oh, that um, was damn good. No, yeah, that was... Le- hot, no, no, hot, hot dog, dog was uh, Redding. Redding. It was okay. Redding pills, yeah. The vendor. Mm-hmm. Wait, what upgrades do they have to make? I uh, probably locker room upgrades, oh, stuff like that. So they're, they're, they can be thrown out of. Apparently they can. Like, I didn't know this, but I, but I think it's like a ploy for the 
you know, Allentown to have the Phillies pay for it. Oh, okay, to oh. extort the, uh, well, yeah. It's $9.5 million in upgrades that are needed. They could just wow. do it. Do it and that stadium's new. Yeah. Yeah. New. yeah. It's a nice stadium, too. I've been to yeah. a couple games Beautiful. there. Just do what North Wildwood's doing, because they, they had put in to, for uh, for funding for, like, a bulkhead, and the, they said no, and they're like, well, we're just going to do it anyway. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever works. Anyway. Hey, Ricky, I wanted to ask uh, something about your position about uh, pitcher and um, and just the game in general and, and the team. So you've got the dugout, you've got the bullpen. You guys spend the game in the bullpen. Yeah. You're hanging out there. There's a separation there. Do you? Um, is there a different relationship bet- between pitchers than there is amongst uh, the fielders? And there always has been. Yeah, you know they look at pitchers as non-athletes. Oh, really? <laughs> well, when you're only doing Stand. the one thing, it's yeah. that you're not hitting. So they they always look at it like clo- all you could do is pitch. And then a closer, even more so, because you come in at the smallest portion. I of think the-, the relievers are the uh, <laughs> least looked at guys on the team. <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. Unless you're the closer, Unless you're the you get closer. that extra edge from from the guys. All right. So, at what point during your your entire playing career, and I'm talking, you know, little league to high school to college, whatever. At what point did they take the bat out of your hand? Uh, wow. College. College. Well, no, it, w- it would be my first day in the minor leagues. Okay. I was a pretty good hitter. I was an all-state catcher in high school. But so like, so why hitter. is that? Like, why does how does somebody like uh, Ohatani? Uh, I I don't know if I said his name right. Ohatani. Ohatani. They keep the bat in his hand, and clearly he he can hit. But like, what do you have to do as a somebody at the plate as a pitcher to say, okay, you know, we can keep the bat in this? Guy's I hand. don't know, but I got. <laughs> let me put it this way: I got to the minor leagues, and my first day in the minor leagues, we had hitter or pitchers batting practice, and mm-hmm. I was still in good form to hit yeah i was raking all over the place and i i remember the manager walking up to me goes you are the best hitter we have on this team right now. <laughs> I, I just i don't know yeah. and i pro- and to be honest with you watching some of the hitters in the rookie leagues i would say i was probably one of the better hitters on that team huh. I know that there's something that you hate about the current game. Like if a, if a, if a game gets out of hand and the other team's oh. winning thirty to three, and they send in a position player to pitch, that that drives you nuts. They you, need to give give teams a white flag and just throw it in. And okay. if you, they do, it with or the, if yeah. you, or let's say you're like, all right, you're getting crushed, and you put a position player in the seventh inning, you lose three outs of hitting. That's what they should do. Wow. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because this is a waste of my time. When, if, you, if you're bringing these guys in there, it's a waste of our time. Right, Everybody's right. time. That's yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Seventh I mean, inning on, shut the game down. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you can, shut out the lights. If you can essentially just, you know, say, hey, we're going to walk this guy, it's essentially doing the same thing. Yeah. You know, we're like, all right, well, you're not going to throw those four pitches. But how many times, like, with those guys throwing those four intentional pitches that they throw into a backstop? It happens a lot, all the time. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you're taking out elements of the game, so take out two innings of the game. This current uh, Phillies team has an interesting bullpen. They've sort of been unreliable for a long time, and then all of a sudden, especially three guys uh, with Alvarado, Sir Anthony, and um, and Eflin to an extent, they've been pretty reliable coming in, getting saves, getting the final nine outs or so. Uh, the only guys that kind of make me question coming in, Brad Hand, and Bellotti. And, and I, Hand has had a good career, but has not been great in the postseason. Uh, what are your thoughts on the current bullpen? Um, I like the back end. Like you just said, Alvarado, wow. I mean, what a turnaround this guy's had. He was awful at one He had a 70 RA at one point during the season. He, he went down to the minor leagues, figured himself out, came back. He was great. Sir Anthony Dominguez, I think everything that he's been doing has been coming off of surgery. I mean, when you think about it, about a year and a half ago, he had surgery, and now he seems to be completely healthy and where he should be. He may be the best out there in general. I yeah, think he had those wild pitches, but I think that that was 
you hate blaming it on the weather, but I think it was weather related. Yeah, I'm sure it was. There, you have no footing out there. You're a hard thrower. You never know where it's going. And Zach Eflin's been very good. But, yeah, the underbelly is bad of this bullpen. I mean, when I say bad, Connor Brogdon is just not very good. Uh, hand, all he does is throw curveballs. So sooner or later, you're going to hang a couple of those and right. hang it around the ballpark. Yeah, Soto um, tattooed one. Yeah, Bilotti's kind of just one of those guys that was kind of a middleman that was okay to throw in there, but yeah, not in a playoff game. When we talk about uh, anybody, whether it's celebrities or, or athletes or whatever, we don't ever intend to run into them or face them and what we've said. Do you ever worry about when you're commenting like I that? And then you don't care. <laughs> I really don't care. <laughs> you, you know what? You know what's funny? I, I think you run into the players, and I'm sure they're pissed at you at times, but I think there's an understanding that I do it game to game. Yeah. I mean, I'm a very much like. Preston, you can go out and have a great game, and Nick stunk that night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's going to be my goat that night. You're going to be my hero. It could be flip flop the next day. Yeah, right? but I, I think you have a little more gravitas than, let's say, my fat ass, right? Yeah. So, like, well, no, I, you I, can rip on Go ahead, feel it, I, feel it. I, I know, but if I, but I've not, I didn't play the game. You yeah, did. Right, right. So, like, so somebody like you, yeah, it, but it I would also probably work with guys that don't want to say anything, right? right yeah. yeah, you know, they don't want to go over that line. I just don't. Sorry, I don't give a crap. Yeah, I, I don't. It's an autopsy every time. You're, what went wrong? And, 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 and that's your thing. That's what you're supposed to do. If if you came across as just a guy bent on carrying out a grudge or something, that then people wouldn't respond to that. I don't have grudges right. against any of these right. players. You know? Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Maybe that, a couple I played with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Yeah. But I'll tell you my worst was Carlos Lee. Yeah. No. Oh yeah, I didn't like I didn't like his attitude off the field. I didn't care about what he did on the field. I just didn't like it off the field. And here here's a quick little thing. We're on the plane. Yeah. And he says, I need a Coca-Cola right now to the flight attendant. Flight attendant's like, uh, you guys are sponsored by Pepsi. We only have Pepsi products. <laughs> Why don't you get your butt off the plane and go get me a Coca-Cola in the, in the- <gasps> No kid. That was that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. No. At some point you gotta draw a line. Yeah. When, when you were uh, when you were pitching, um, who, who was the batter who could read you the best? Because we're talking about all this nuance, yeah. and in the moment, who could read you? Who was frustratingly accurate with the way they read you? Uh, it's kind of a no name, Tony Batista. Oh. I mean, if you ever saw yeah. him hit, he's very a very unorthodox, way open stance, and then yeah. he like dives into the plate. <laughs> And he guesses, he guesses either in or out, and I always guess wrong. Wow. And he just pummeled me all over the park. <laughs> really? Wow. Really? Pummeled me. Couldn't how, get him out. How much homework would you do? There, there it is right there. You, you got a picture of him. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, what is that? That is bizarre. Stance? Yeah, and that's before, like, he even starts his swing, and then he'll stand back up and kind of dive in at the ball. That is really I always wild. chose, and then finally I was like, I'm going to buzz his tower so he doesn't dive anymore. <laughs> but it's, that was way too late. It's wild watching watching batters in their different styles. It's same thing with pretty much any position, but uh, but watching them uh, square themselves up and where they where they uh, where they begin, uh, you know, waiting for the pitch and where their body moves to get ready to hit. Everybody's got their own weird, different take on it. Yeah, there's different different movements. You usually get to the same positions at some point during right. all the garbage they're doing up there. At right. some point, you usually get your hands back. And up a little bit, and usually come uh, come in a power position, ready to drive through the baseball. But there are certain guys where that just it takes a long time to get. There. Look, I mean, this guy. Well, I, I that mean, is it's, the it's weirdest really, chance I've ever it's seen. It's really unbelievable, and I could not like figure it out. Is that me? No, Hunter, it's not me. Do you remember Hunter Pence when his like uh, yeah. practice swings yeah. and stuff? I'm like, why? 
why are you practicing like that? That's not how you swing. Do you know what I mean? Like, but that's where he wanted to feel that he wanted yeah. to feel his swing because he wanted to top hand everything, right? Which, which I guess when you're swinging down like he used to do, yeah, was, yeah, he called it a knockdown seven iron. I remember we Is asked that, him. Okay, I think it was seven. him. Yeah, it might have been. We asked about that. Yeah. Uh, so, who has to do more homework uh, for the batters? Is it you or is it your your catcher? Um, let me put it this way: when I pitch, they called that a suggestion. Okay. That number put down was a, a suggestion, and we were always told it's your ERA. Hmm. Right. So I hated when I got this. Whenever I got this, that meant it's coming from What's the What's this? We don't know what they that is. They were tapping your chest? I'm tapping my chest. Okay. They used to tap their chest protector. Okay. Oh. That means it's coming from the bench. Oh. So that means you have to throw whatever I put down. <laughs> oh, no, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Did they ever yep. lie about that? I'll tell you right now. One, guy, one guy that I never uh, shook off was Darren Dalton. Never. No. Yeah. Uh, he was too knowledgeable. Yeah. He knew everybody in the league. And when I was coming up, that was early, so stuck to whatever he said. Wow. You're just tuning in, and uh, Ricky Metallico's with us. And, of course, you can catch him on our sister station, the Fanatic Afternoons, 2 to 6. It's to 6, right? 2 yeah. to 6. Yeah. 2 to 6, yep. Make sure you check out the uh, uh, the program. So one guy we haven't mentioned yet. Best uh, show ever. Best <laughs> show ever. <laughs> Question mark. Ever? Shout Question out mark. to Jen. Uh, one of the best um, players that the Phils have had in the postseason that we haven't mentioned yet and it constantly surprises me is Ranger Suarez. I, I don't know where this guy came from. Number three starter for the team, but all of a sudden, like, I don't know how he does it, but he's just been solid. And he, he came in in the bullpen in game five. He just doesn't care where he pitches. He just wants the, wants the baseball. He wants to play the game. And the, the thing about him is, I mean, you saw uh, Grisham came, came in and tried to lay down a bunt in, against them. That's probably about the dumbest thing you probably could have done because this guy feels his position better than anybody in baseball. He, he should be the gold yeah. glover. I know he, apparently he doesn't, quote-unquote, have enough innings this year to, <laughs> to qualify, but that's garbage to me. I, I just think he is one of those guys where it, it's simple to me. If he could throw a ball in the inside corner, a fastball in the inside corner to right-handers, He's going to own them all day long because he's he has soft stuff to throw away, and that keeps you off balance. And then he could come back in just to keep him honest on the inside part. And you'll see him do that game in, game out, huh. and he has no fear whatsoever. I mean, looking at Game 5, everybody's going to remember the Bryce home run and the, the, the reshot early in the game, too. But what Ranger came into in the ninth inning was not easy. You know, there were guys yeah. on second and third. There was only one out, and he I think he only had two or three pitches, and he got out of the inning, and then they won the game in the series. Yeah, I think the Latin guys have a different... Uh, I guess energy level for for this type of thing, and they could keep their heart rates down a lot more. You heard Gene, did anybody hear Gene Segura in his post game interview? No, talking about the machete. Yeah, no. Oh yeah, he talked about when he was a kid growing up and and into his teen years playing baseball in the Dominican Republic. There would be guys with machetes because apparently it sounded. What I got out of it is that they were betting on games, and if they weren't happy oh. with you, I mean, so <laughs> and he said. He said, these games are not pressure. That, that oh, was pressure. Oh yeah. Yeah. When you're going to get a machete attack. Yeah. Well, I, but I always thought that, like, these Latin players come over here. Is the pressure the same to win the World Series for yeah. them, or are they just playing a game? Right. They can yeah, stay yeah. alive here. And I, think, and I think they just come up here and play a game, and they're happy to play it. I mean, Gene Segura even said, we play baseball every day, maybe too much baseball. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's saying a lot. It's, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. Wow. Didn't even think of that. Um, you mentioned, you know, uh, Bryce, and if, if if imagine if he in this series hits a walk off run to win the whole thing, could could you even? It imagine? would erase Joe Carter. It, yeah, yeah. yeah. It would and he would also. Uh, I mean, right now Nick Foles is, I think, the number one in the city. 
Uh, not anymore. You know, he would he'd clearly be the the number two. I yeah, think. I mean, Nick Foles. That was an improbable run. Yeah, and you know the Philly Philly thing. Everything kind of what fell perfectly into place. Um, this is a little different. This is a team that that has came into their own late late in uh, I guess early in the playoffs. Not mm-hmm. late in the season, early in the playoffs. But I think this team. I mean, when I when I look at this team at the beginning of the year, I thought they would be good. And then they stunk for a while. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, it kind of starts eating up games, and you start thinking, you oh, maybe they're not going to be that good. Well, you know how, how um, <clears throat> it, it's so true? Because everyone, all the pundits across the boards, well, you might be inclined to say, I called it. I, everyone's going, I didn't see this coming. Nobody it, saw this yeah, coming. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there were people that called it before the year started. Right, right. But. <laughs> yeah, not not in May and June. I right, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, I have receipts uh, in in September that I'm, you know, it's it's on my Twitter handle. I said they're not making the playoffs. It's just, you know, sorry, guys, it's just not going to happen. And uh, I'm glad I'm wrong. When they know? lost that game, that first game in Washington of the doubleheader where they got destroyed, I'm like, oh, this team just, they they fell apart. So, yeah. yeah. Although they still tried to lose in the last week. They tried. <laughs> they tried but Milwaukee's just so bad they couldn't do anything about it. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Hey, real quick, um, what, what are we looking for? Um, game yeah. one tomorrow night, game two on, on I think Saturday. You, quite frankly, get ahead in these games because their bullpen is second to none. They have so, a really good bullpen. All right. Uh, a lot like um, like in football, right? You know, when when a, a team wins the coin toss, they they defer, right? They oh, we want the we want the ball in the yeah. second half, right? We don't get that choice. We're batting first. Mm. We want that score right? early. Yeah, yeah. I, I think if they score early in the it, here's here's my biggest thing that I think could happen: the Phillies come out and and hit hit Verlander around. They win game one. Then you have uh, uh, Wheeler going game two. Mm-hmm. That changes the whole yeah. right, look of the whole series. I think game one's extremely pivotal in this series. I game really one, do. tomorrow. That's game tomorrow. Man. Yeah. Like, it's it's what are you doing for the game? What are you doing? What are you I'm gonna working, be? man. Oh, man. <laughs> what do you think I was going to do for the game? <laughs> when did you make this decision? <laughs> decision. Uh, you might get me next week doing some of that. I know. You know, if there's a parade, it's going to happen during Camp Out for Hunger. Uh, yeah, dude. Oh, my yeah. God. That's yeah. good for you, though. Yeah. 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 We won't have to worry about parking. Dude, we'll already be there. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're right there. Uh, uh, I was uh, talking donations would be great. Uh, it'll be the best. We're thinking of calling it the Preston and Steve Victory Parade featuring the uh, Philadelphia. Uh, yeah. This is going to be out of control. When do you guys have that, by the way? I want to stop uh, Monday the 7th is excellent. when it starts. Yeah, so, excellent. yeah, please come by. We'd love to have you there. All right. Great to see you, man. Thanks for stopping in. Thank you. Tell the gang we said what's up. It's Ricky Batalico, guys. From the Fanatic, we are going to take a break. Uh, when we return, we got uh, Jerry O'Connell on yes. the program. We still got you who loot. And by the way, that promotion wraps up tomorrow. So your last few chances to pick up a grand for texting him. We'll tell you how to do it in a bit. Stay with us. The from 7 to 9, Marissa from the Preston and Steve Show rocks Hilltown Tavern. 326 Roxborough Avenue in Mania. Enter for a chance to win Eagles Washington tickets or a Darius Slay autographed jersey courtesy of Bud Light. Plus enjoy $4 Bud Light cans and $5 Bud Light seltzer black cherry cans. Uh, still waiting for our guest to get on the line. We'll have him on in just a moment here. And uh, don't forget you who loot is wrapping up. Uh, tomorrow, so we need to make sure that uh, that you have every 
chance to win that you can. So uh, make sure that you're with us. Next opportunity, less than an hour, 10 o'clock. So we're going to be doing that. And then it happens at noon and then 3 and 5. And we just don't want you to miss out on any of that. Uh, our next guest is not missing out on anything. He's a busy man. It's yeah. like 50,000 projects. Yeah. Uh, one that we were really intrigued uh, by was the um, uh, the Real Love the Boat. Real Love Boat. Because, Steve, you still watch the Love Boat. Massive Love Boat fan. Yeah. <laughs> but a little different than that. But uh, he's on to talk about Pictionary. Yes. Uh, which I've always loved. That's one of the few yeah. games like that that I enjoy playing. Mondays at 1 p.m. on Fox. Oh, are you going to hit the clip there, Case? No, well, just okay. one time. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Please welcome Jerry O'Connell to the show. Hey, Jerry. What what an honor to talk to, honestly, the most winning sports town in the world. How about that? Yeah. It's crazy. It's insane. I, mean, I, 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 I have to tell you, you know, I live in Los Angeles, and I know a couple of um, Philly Phillies fans and Eagles fans who live out here, and one thing I will say about Philly, because I'm from New York, and right. when my New York teams aren't doing well, I sort of don't talk about them. I don't wear the merch. <laughs> I sort of, like, forget about them. Um, I guess I guess I'm a bandwagon fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, man, I work with a guy named Franco who has always worn Eagles and Phillies gear no matter how bad the season, no matter how dark the times. And this is this is his time right right now. Well, Jerry, yeah. you just you, you just said yeah. exactly what I've always said about the difference because I'm from New York as well, and the difference between the fan bases and you know here, live or die, whatever the story is, the allegiance stays, the loyalty stays, and in New York, you have a lot of bandwagon jumping, and you know that's the case. Well, listen. I mean, then you move to Los Angeles and yeah. forget about it. I mean, <laughs> when the Dodgers get get knocked out of the postseason, I mean, Dodgers fans are perfectly fine with it. They're like, hey, man, everything's fine. It's just sunny and sunny. We're going to be okay. Right. But, no. um, it, it's, uh, it's a really fun. So, so, so congrats to you all. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, yeah, man. it's kind of like when you're on a red carpet and they say, who are you wearing? Oh, oh well, I'm wearing Valencia. <laughs> who are you wearing? I'm we- oh, oh, I'm wearing Phillies. Yeah, Phillies. Uh, I'm wearing yeah. Eagles today. Yeah, that's the way it works here. <laughs> hey, uh, I, I will admit- say, now that I play... But but now that I play fantasy football, mm. um, the only real regrets I have is that I did not take more um, <laughs> eagles on my fantasy football team. That's a little bit. All right. So so how how a, a, a regret? How aggressive is this? Is this your first year really taking a deep dive into fantasy football? No, I've I've done it. I'm a. I'm a degenerate. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a problem. Well, I'm, Jerry, I mentioned how uh, at the top how busy you are and the variety of things that uh, that you're participating I'm in. Not that busy. I'm. No. Oh, we're losing. Uh, no, I have. Uh, no, I'm. I'm not busy at all. I mean, yeah, I guess I'm a little busy, but I mean. <laughs> Not crumb. Talking to you guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not busy. Monumentally busy. Your entire complete yeah. schedule of the day is. That's a that's a talent. A lot of people for for somebody who hosts, you know, a, a radio show and also hosts uh, live events and things like that. There's a. It, it, you skill don't just set. step up and do it. There is a certain skill set. Did you pick it up? Oh, no. Oh. All right. So we got okay. another Amber Alert right now. Oh, Jerry, oh, so. sorry about this. There's an Amber Alert going on, which means we're now not on the air. So it's so uh, we're recording this so we can go. And so for playback, 
you know, we can continue sure. with the interview. All right, so, so, we'll, so we'll just keep chatting. Is everything okay? Yeah, there was there was an abduction apparently early. Is that what the story is here? Yeah, we've we've had two yeah. in like the past forty eight hours. Yeah, yeah. forty eight hours, two Oof. different ones. Yeah. Um, I thought they just went off on phone. They they go up on radios now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and television as well. You'd be watching a program and they they pop in, so they make sure that they blanket uh, the area. All right, so anyhow. Nothing scarier, n- nothing scarier than when everybody's phone goes off next to you, you know? No, oh, yeah. absolutely. Most yeah, definitely. Absolutely. All right, so now I'll reel it into something a little bit more <laughs> lighter than that, obviously, which is a Pictionary and, and hosting the show. Uh, did did the host... No, you were, you, were, you were asking about the hosting thing. Yeah. Um, I, I don't really know how I fell into it. You know, it really happened because I've always just been an actor, and when you're an actor, you're hot for a couple months, and then you're unemployed for a year and you know it really happened from kelly ripa hmm. who is a philly or yeah. jersey uh, a, a south jersey local um it was when regis philbin uh was out for a little bit for some health problems and kelly ripa i filled in once or twice for regis and kelly ripa said hey you should do this more often you're good at it and uh-huh. i was like i I can't do this. I'm I'm an actor. You know, actors have to be highfalutin. And so he was like, "Trust me, this is this is the gig that you want." And um, you know, I I filled in with Kelly Ripa a bunch of times, and I really like. God, I guess I attribute the Philly, Southern Jersey area to me getting all these hosting jobs nice but really got me in the in the business well jerry you never seem nervous and i don't know if you feel it internally but what you just seem to have a cool calm collected self and and so on camera or off uh is there anything that sort of makes you feel nervous a celebrity that you've never met before it's so funny i try to um i i do get nervous but it's so funny i try to um work through that nervousness i try to like and this is not extensive therapy, but a few online therapy sessions. I try to just breathe through those situations. And um, it, it was funny. When I first started hosting Pictionary, I had no clue um, <laughs> what I was doing. And I was like, they should get Mark Summers or Wayne. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how to do this. Oh, my God, another Philly reference. You Mark Summers. Yeah, totally. yes. Mark's yes. a good friend, friend of ours. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, we love Mark. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, I keep making Philly references. <laughs> I swear I'm not doing that on purpose. Um, but, um, you know, um, it's just, it's it's not even talent. It's just like a skill set that, that you get. And they have not fired me from Pictionary yet, but I am not. I am not the best host, that is for sure. No, I remember the, the Pictionary years ago was hosted by they had a celebrity picture, and you're you're doing the, the yeah, and Burke, yeah. yeah, and Burt Convy for a while. If you remember Burt Convy, yeah. So uh, it, it's a game that's a perennial. It's one of those ones that people love to play. Uh, for me, it's it's probably one of the ultimate hanging out, you know, with the friends sort of thing to do. So, are you yourself adept at Pictionary? Yeah, you know, I have. Uh two teenage daughters so it's sort of like that's the generation gap game that we can play with grandma and grandpa and us and it's so funny if if you think back to your like childhood pictionary was like that was the fun game that you all played it right. was super boring when your parents pulled out trivia <laughs> pursuit um and monopoly took like eight hours um if you just wanted like an hour of yelling at your grandparents 
Pictionary was a fun one. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it, 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 it really, you know, the, the people who made this um, at, at Fox 29 did um, a great job at, uh, at, at, at transferring it to television. You know, yeah, we have yeah. like a, you know, we, it's like high tech. We have like a stylus board and we do it on a pad and it gets put on a screen and then everybody can look at it. So the picture is coming up right back to you. It's, um, it's a really cool. The biggest problem is that kids these days, because they all have phones and don't have notebooks, notebooks that they doodle in, um, a lot of kids can't draw these days. Yeah, oh, that's I interesting. never thought about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jerry, uh, there yeah, are... it's so, it's, it, it's uh, so funny. Like, it, you know, people try to draw a horse and it looks like a cockroach. It's just, <laughs> like, they have no... <laughs> yeah, you used you know, to sort of intuitively be able to do it. And you were drawing, you know, on a in a notebook or on a bathroom stall or in a locker. And because everybody has phones, nobody nobody has pens anymore. You mentioned uh, acting a couple times, and while we have you on it, there are two shows on TV right now that feature uber wealth people, uh, uber wealthy people, including billions. And, and I'm curious as to whether or not you've spent any time on set where you've just been blown away by like the the pretend billionaires because you you play a billionaire on that on that program. So I'm on that show, Billions, and every now and again, because I play a billionaire, um, <laughs> they they stick me with actual billionaires who are, yeah. you know, known. And it is so crazy how to be next to such rich people. It's just, I, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know how to handle it. I'm... You know, I'm a very frugal person because I come from acting, you know, at any given moment, that could be your last job. Yeah. So when I, like, book a plane ticket, I and my wife hates me for it, I'll book something with, let's say I'm going Philly to New York, I will book two or three stops just because <laughs> I don't That's have to make money on a flight. Like, if you, if you book Philly uh, to LaGuardia... Mm. With two stops, the airlines actually pay you like twenty dollars. <laughs> right, right. You should, yes. Um, and when you're sitting next to people and they talk about like private jets and all that stuff, it's really, um, it's really crazy. It's like funny money. It's so funny. Um, one of the billionaires that we were, uh, I was doing a scene with, um, was like, "Hey, let me get your phone number, and you know, uh, we can hang out." And uh, you know, I gave him my number, and the whole time I was like. Dude, you don't want to hang out with me. Like, <laughs> I, 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 like I, we're 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 taking an Uber pool if we're going anywhere. <laughs> you don't want to do this. Like, you really want to get on the on the subway with me? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> I have to quickly uh, a compliment. You mentioned your wife, uh, uh, Rebecca Romaine uh, O'Connell. I don't know if that's uh, yeah. Uh, but um, she is on. No, well, uh, my wife didn't take my name. Uh, okay, uh, I uh, I took hers. I'm actually Jerry Romaine. Okay. <laughs> well, whatever the case, she is sensational on Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. It's uh, I've been telling people how close to the this is the closest series to the original, and she is just phenomenal. You yourself. Are a no piker in the uh, Star Trek uh, territory. You yeah. do a uh, voiceover for the Lower Decks as well, correct? Yeah, yeah. So we're both uh, Starfleet. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> I am. I have yet to be invited to a convention, though. My wife gets invited to the conventions. What? And, um, 
Yeah, I haven't been invited to one, but I do go with her, and I usually walk the floor. The best thing about being on Star Trek is um, being a part of that fandom. It's yeah. like, you know, I've, I've been to a couple Comic-Cons, and everybody dresses up as, you know, Thor or yeah. whatever. Man, when you go to a Star Trek convention and everybody's in Starfleet, it's uh, it's it's something else. It's yeah. it's like um, it's just getting be it's just getting to be a part of a, a, a group of people, and uh, it's been it's it's been a fun ride. Yeah, it's really nice. cool. Yeah, you're nice. you're 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 the the could it's slowly becoming the first family of Star Trek. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, Jerry. Oh, I think we lost think Jerry. We lost. There, he's gone. Yep. Hello? Oh, yeah. Hey! All right. Well, listen, we know you got to run. You know, you got a lot of people to talk to, but Pictionary, Monday nights, Fox 29, Fox 29, you can uh, absolutely <laughs> see Jerry O'Connell uh, taking care of business. But, dude, you're, we always love talking to you. Thanks for coming on again this morning. See you guys. Take care, buddy. Hey! Jerry O'Connell. Uh, he's great, dude. I totally forgot about the Rebecca Romaine thing. I completely yeah. forgot that that yeah. is his wife. His wife yeah. yeah, and they've been together for long a long time. time. Long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Long so she's. I mean, uh, the strange news. I, you know, I was touting it to you as well as the because I know you're a Star Trek fan. But yeah. it, in spirit and tone to the original series, this is the closest. This is. This has. That. I need to watch. It. Yeah, yeah, I think you will dig it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, so we uh, we know that the Amber Alert went off in the middle of the uh, right. the interview, so we we kept recording. So when uh, when this goes for playback, we'll we'll have the the whole thing, the whole interview. Yes. Yeah. So that was yeah second um, uh, Amber Alert this morning. So um, hopefully it's uh, going to have the proper effect. Um, so with a couple of minutes left to spare, I I know that this week I haven't noticed a damn thing yet, and, and, or at least I have noticed. I haven't been sharing my notice. The noticer noticed that he noticed things, but he didn't want to share them. <laughs> you want to share the noticing? I, I want to share what I've noticed with you. The noticer now wants to share. Yeah, so hopefully... <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, all right, since Sherry was talking about uh, taking flights... Uh, I'm sure you guys saw this, but if not, I'll share this with you. Um, uh, middle seats. Yes. Suck uh-huh. on a plane. <laughs> uh, but, uh, in fact, only 0.6% of more than 7,500 voters polled uh, prefer or perhaps more likely accidentally voted for the middle seat, according to a recent social media poll by Virgin Australia. That number might soon go up, though, if the airline's scheme to get passengers to willingly book the dreaded middle seat is a success. So what they've done is they have launched the middle seat lottery. It is a special raffle worth about $150,000, and it's only open to those who sit in the middle seat. (laughs) Voluntary, <laughs> voluntarily or involuntarily during a flight this is a great I'm idea. Sure, you're in the I running like for it. this for this prize. It's a great yeah. idea. Yeah, no, it's it's. Our, our, listen, I've had my share of times in the middle seat. Yeah, uh, most people when they come and see me sitting in the middle seat are like, oh no, because. <laughs> Excuse uh, me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, so. Uh, By the way, it's not one person that's going to get one hundred fifty thousand dollars. They have like all kinds of prizes that people can win. So that's several windows. Your preference? Uh, are you a window or an window? Aisle? Window guy yeah. for sure. I I like to look outside. I enjoy flying. I, I love the, the the looking down and, and looking at the ground. Yeah. I used um, to be always. I window. really enjoy it. Now I'm an aisle guy. Mm. If I see middle seat open, I say that there's no more seats available on the flight. Like to me, that's not even an option. I'm like, oh, it's sold out. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, we have to book we a different airline. Yeah, no. uh-huh. I know one person who, a friend of mine years ago, who preferred the middle seat because they did not, um, they felt the most, 
I guess I don't know whatever their feelings were. They were a nervous flyer to begin well, with. There was so a crash felt, or something, or they, they, yeah, for some reason they felt, felt cocooned. Yeah, okay, all right, maybe I could see that. I guess huh. in some bizarre, way. demented. Uh, so from now until April twenty third, any Velocity frequent flyer member. 18 or older who is seated in a middle seat can use the airline's app to enroll in the lottery. Each week, a different prize will be awarded to the winner of a lucky draw. Among the innovative gifts up for grabs are a full-day helicopter pub crawl. Nice. Um, Two-night holiday in uh, Cairns, including uh, flights, accommodation, and a bungee jump. Uh, Do you and- think this would work uh, better if they did something because it's still, oh, maybe I'll win this. But what if it was every every flight they selected? Yeah. They, should, they, should, the plane? they right. should be cheaper. Those those seats should be cheaper. Mm. I agree. Totally. Then you'd, then you'd book them. Yeah. Steve, what if on every flight they give like a, a crown to yeah. one lucky middle yeah. seat person? <laughs> and a, You're the king of the a, ca- a crown full of M&Ms. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so travelers could also win Virgin's Platinum Velocity frequent flyer status for a year, along with one million extra velocity points, as well as a few refurbished themed gallery cards. You know what they can do? Give away on Blu-ray the entire series, The Middle. Oh, yeah. yeah. The yeah, Middle yeah, yeah. makes total sense. Yeah, yeah but um, yeah, I, I hate when it ends up being that way, but there have been times when I've booked a flight, a flight late. Yes. Uh, close to you departure date, and you just got to, yeah. okay. And, and you know, if it's, listen, if it's less than three hours, I'm okay. It's it's not ideal if you're taking a two-and-a-half-hour flight that long, but if it were like a four, five, six-hour flight, forget it, man. Yeah. The thing with me is, is if I'm going to get up to go to the bathroom, I just want to stretch. Being in that aisle, mm. is, that's... Uh, that's and I also get at least a little leg room on my one leg. Steve, I think that's it, is having to get up to go to the bathroom yeah, yeah. and ask the person next Hate to me it. or the two. I won't, I won't take the window either. I mean, if I had to, I would take the window over the middle seat, right. but I solely look for aisle seats. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, notice some other things. How about um, we'll do another travel thing. First uh, he was keeping it all to himself, and now he can't <laughs> stop. <laughs> Uh, the cruise industry is still in recovery mode, but that is not stopping Royal Caribbean from looking to make a very big splash. The cruise operator is selling tickets now, or will be soon, for what will be the largest passenger ship to ever sail the seven seas. So I was looking at what their computer renderings are so good these days that you think, oh, this is real, this exists. But this thing is insane. So, although the the maiden voyage of what they call the Icon of the Seas, that's the name of this ship, uh, is more than a year away, Royal Caribbean on Monday began taking reservations for members of its loyalty program. Everyone else will have to wait until, well, actually, I think it was yesterday they may have started this, uh, to book a trip on the nearly 250,000 ton vessel, Mm -hmm. which can hold up to 7,600 passengers or nearly 10,000 people, counting the crew. Ten. Thousand people. It's insane, that's, dude. Uh, yeah. So, like, that's why when and, and this started to become an issue in certain areas, like in Bermuda, for example, uh, they started to say, well, "You can't have ten thousand people show up." You know, yeah. you know right? Oh, to, right? To a location. To a location right, that's right. kind yeah. of a tropical. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And so they had to. They, there are some places that, that will not allow right. ships of a certain size to come in. All right. So, like a normal size, size cruise ship, how much? How many passengers are we talking? So, about? You know, case I I don't know. Years ago, um, I would say more like uh, five thousand, three thousand, three to five yeah. thousand range. I'm guessing, Casey. That's not a. 
educated guess, but yeah. I, I'd always, for some reason, the the, the number three thousand always pops. So, in what's head. the crew? Say, what's the crew compliment on a uh, on a on a battleship these days, or a non yeah. a non commercial yeah, ship? Yeah, I don't know. You know, so because uh, I have friends of mine who I, I don't know how they this ended up happening for them. They they live in Florida, but um, they end up working these cruises. These like you know, it's like an eighties theme cruise, right? Or, you right. know, and like Loverboy will be playing <laughs> or or something along those lines, and and those things like sell out. And I wanted to know like how you. You organize something like that. Could we have a Preston and Steve Cruise? So let me tell you, know you something. What I mean? like, so probably. My my, my uh, friend uh, and trainer Dwayne is doing back to back Kiss cruises. He loves them that two much, weeks. man. Yeah. Yes. And, and so what happens is all those thematic cruises that were big prior to COVID, all the music cruises mm-hmm. are coming back, and, and we were talking about this. Full steam. So I guess the way you would promote an event like at a concert venue or whatever is how you'd go about doing one of these things. I'm going to phrase this like you said. Could we have (laughs) a Preston Steve Cruz? And I'm going to change it to would we want (laughs) a Preston and Steve Cruz? I hate cruises. I've never been on one. Uh, When I was a kid... Went on one. It was awesome. I loved it as a kid. One of the absolute best vacations, family vacations I've yeah. ever taken. And then I grew up, and then I don't like them anymore. <laughs> so I completely I like understand that. For me, though, the only way to justify it is, I've said this many times before, is if the location you're going to benefits greatly by you being... Taking a ship. Taking right, a boat right. there. Yeah. Alaska. Right. The, perhaps the Greek islands I've heard are what that mandate that. But for me, the notion of cruising to a place you really want to get to is dumb. You know, fly, get there quickly, and start enjoying it. I just don't want to be on a ship with 10,000 other people. Well, I saw a thing the other day, Nick, that speaks to that, and it was um, what you expect and what you get uh, from cruises. And it's like, you know, there's a picture of a woman standing on the rail of a ship looking off into the sunset, beautiful, solitary, enjoying the moment, lost in her thoughts. And then the reality is like puking you know, overboard. No, well, just like a hundred people right. are sitting around you on lounge chairs, uh, and yeah. you know, yeah, it's just it's not as romantic as you think it is. However, if you do get a balcony suite, I could see that I'd probably spend my whole time on the freaking balcony while looking out that, of the water. That's what we did. Yeah. I mean, that was because what you were seeing, everything you wanted to see. Was you know off the balcony and it was amazing. Do any cruises run out of Philly anymore? There was a stretch where you could get them out of like uh, uh, the, the Navy Yard. The right? Navy Yard, yeah, yeah. But I don't think you can anymore. I think Baltimore is the closest place. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, By I, the way, prices start at fifteen hundred dollars a person for the least costly windowless inside cabin. It's oh my steerage! Wow, uh, windowless. Yeah. Okay, you're in a closet. Yeah. When I was a kid. That's what we stayed in. Okay, and, but you didn't, didn't even have a portal. No, we didn't have a portal. Nothing. And uh, but I was a kid. I was running around the ship yeah. all day long, so I barely stayed in the room at all. It didn't bother me. So you can get in. And but I would hate traditionally that now. there'll be interiors. You said the cost will be lower. When we went down, my father won a few business incentive trips when he was uh, you know years ago uh, down to Bermuda, Preston, and we had the one room. The portal was way up high on uh, the wall, <clears throat> and if you, you really see water. I mean, like, or oh, oh, we were seeing tons of water because we got caught in a hurricane. Oh my god, it was crazy. Uh, So the balcony cabins start at uh, two grand. Yeah, Uh, those willing to travel on later sailings of the Icon of the Seas are looking at nine hundred eighty-one dollars a person for an inside cabin. So it'll be cheaper. These are just the the inaugural run. I assume that uh, outside of the inaugural run, I would assume the cruise industry in general right now is probably a bit more 
economical as they're trying to make up for lost revenue, right? They must be because I have uh, just like between friends and family, so many people are going on cruises cruises right now. It's got to be because they're getting decent deals. Uh, and so, if you're going to get diseases, that's the best place to go. Nice uh-huh. to do it. Norovirus uh, or so, Legionnaire's disease or whatever you want, you can get it all. The Icon of the Seas also is touted as the largest water park at sea. It, Icon will crazy. have 18 guest decks and six water slides, one with a 46-foot drop. Preston, take a look at that. what's up on the screen. Yeah, it's insane. I saw that picture. The ship uh, will, you know, like the the, uh, the slides swing out yeah. over the water. <laughs> It's crazy. Uh, the ship will uh, mostly operate three different seven-night itineraries split between uh, the Eastern and Western Caribbean. They should do one of the slides where it drops you into the ocean. <laughs> Would that be great? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you, if you're up about 30 stories. Yeah. Right, yeah. I mean, come on. When I was a kid and went on that, we went to the Bahamas. Yeah. Um, I, I did skeet shooting off yes. the, the side what? of the boat. It's yeah. a big, that used to be one of, shotgun. Oh it was awesome. one of the main... Um, things you could do with ski shooting off the ship. Yeah, it was and, fun. And also, did you ever do the uh, the golf driving off the? They would do that as no, well. No, hitting yeah, golf balls. Yeah. No, that would have been pretty cool too. Golf balls bobbing up and down in the ocean. All right, we're going to do something totally different that I noticed. Um, so the resourceful rat, yes, may finally have something to offer humans. Uh, the project from I, I'm a French chef uh, from Apopo. A Belgian nonprofit uh, that trains animals to save lives is fitting rats with small specialized backpacks. Oh, for like avalanches? To help emergency crews search for survivors oh. in the event of building collapses. Oh. Uh, so, adding to the researchers, adding, according to pre- uh, researchers on the project, their small size and excellent smell. Uh, of the rodents, plus their adventures, adventurous spirit makes them the perfect animal to help in such disasters. So they could weave their way in and out of. Yeah, look, they could be um, locating bodies and things of that nature, or people who are trapped. Yep. So this is a big ass rat we're looking at here, Preston. Donna Keen, the leader of the project. Yeah, we're looking at video. Of this it's a big one. Uh, said that rats are typically quite curious and like to explore, and that is key for search and hey rescue. Guys, playing cards. <laughs> The rats aren't ready to be deployed into collapsed buildings just yet, but they are currently being trained in a simulator disaster area during 15-minute sessions, five days a week, going through the motions of a real rescue. In the simulated exercise, the rats have to find the person trapped in the rubble. Wow. Then they pull a switch on their tiny vest that triggers a beeper, and then they return to their handlers where they're given a treat. Yes, if I were located, I'm down about 25 feet past the west entrance. The rodents' backpacks are fashioned with a video camera as well, but scientists are hoping to make it uh, as small as possible. Without, I've secured the perimeter. Without losing any functionality and also include a two-way microphone and location transmitter. They got a microphone. Go. They, they talk to them. Please send down some pizza. And uh, they help locate survivors and communicate with people. Uh, this is actually a brilliant idea. They yeah. are Apparently, they are very trainable, so... You know, uh, that, that is that is cool. I don't mind uh, these clean rats. I mean, not you know what I mean? The ones that smoke. No, yeah, no, no. I don't I like mean, those. I mean, uh, yes, I did. The rats ones are that, fine. That, that are raised in captivity. Well, like lab rats, white lab rats. They're fine. I, 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 th- I actually find them kind of cute. But, I do as well. But if you see one in the wild and you don't know no. what kind of, you know. What it's been into. Stuff it's been carrying around. Yeah. Uh, we're, um, we're sleeping with loose rats. We're looking at a video of this rat, and the rat, is, is that his 
nutsack that's hanging? I was trying to figure out what exactly that was, Casey, because it looks like a, it's not a sack. It looks like a, uh, it's weird. It looks like a, uh, the hell is trunk. <laughs> it's if, weird. If only we could ask the rat himself and yeah. he would be able to tell you what it's it is. It's my nutsack. <laughs> I just fold it in. I said I wanted all the ladies to go gaga. Yeah, Casey, I think it is. Oh, gross. That's where the cheese deposits. Oh, <laughs> From under. You've heard of D cheese. <laughs> D. Uh, so anyhow, yeah, they're working on uh, training rats. That's, uh, I think that's amazing. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I have another amazing animal story. Wow. It's like Mutual of Omaha. Those amazing animals. Yes. Well, then there was a show, right? Those amazing, Those animals. amazing animals. Yes, absolutely. And then uh, when they were doing uh, gerbils with hiccups, they realized it was time to end the series. Uh, this is crazy, though. For migratory birds that spend days flying across continents and oceans, a wrong turn can be fatal. But an unexpected turn has earned one bird a place in history. The five-month-old bar-tailed godwit. Apparently destroyed the record for long-distance migration following a non-stop 11-day flight from Alaska to Tasmania. From Alaska to wow. Tasmania, constantly airborne. Isn't that insane? 11 days. Yeah. So... <laughs> was greeted by the Tasmanian devil. ate him when it landed. So, uh, obviously, they didn't just find this out anecdotally at a bar. Wait to hear what I did. Right. So they had some sort of um, tracking device, and this was meant to, they were trying to break this record. Um, well, no, they were just, they were following these birds. Okay. Uh, you know, so they, they've got several of them that they, they track, and this one happened to fly that far nonstop. It is. Yeah, my cousin is a rescue rat. It is 13,560 kilometers. This pl- Now, how many miles would that be? That'd, that'd be like 7,000. That's like the distance okay. from Alaska to Tasmania. A 10,000 oh mile flight without stopping. It's Constantly flapping. Unbelievable. Well, I would imagine, I don't know how these particular birds fly, but maybe Gliding, flapping. Up, it might get up to a high elevation and, and is able to glide. I don't know. Gliding, flapping, and flapping. <laughs> flapping, too. And what? Yeah, playing with yourself. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Fapping. I'm Fapping. sorry. I didn't, yeah. I didn't hear that. So, so short-tailed, uh, sh- uh, let's see, uh, BirdLife Tasmania uh, convener, Eric Waller, yeah. said the bird probably lost half or more of its body weight during continuous day and night flight. That's amazing. Yeah, because you can't stop and eat. Short-tailed shearwaters and mutton birds can land on the water and feed, he said. If a godwit lands on water, it's dead. Kathy, what do you prefer, mutton birds or godwits? This sounds so boring to me. <laughs> he said it doesn't have the webbing in its feet. It has no way of getting off the water. So if it falls into the water from exhaustion, dead. if bad weather forces it to the ocean surface... Uh, that's it. It's done. Kathy, does this sound interesting to you? This bird flew 10,000 miles, miles stopping over 11 days. I mean, isn't that what they do? They fly. Oh, Dead. Jesus. That's Dead. like saying, oh, my God, they drove to work. Do birds drive to work? Wow. Have you, you ever, got here today. Have you ever straight up walked for <laughs> however many, for how many days? Honestly, if a bird drove to work, I would I would totally pay attention to that <laughs> yes, story. Yeah. That would yeah. be a different story. Uh, Kathy, 11,000 miles. I was 11 you, days nonstop. I was thinking about you yesterday, Kathy, because I almost got in a car accident. I thought I, I, thought I saw a bald eagle flying oh. above um, uh, 422. Turns out it was one of those turkey vultures, which is... You know, <laughs> the, 
<laughs> Less large, impressive. Large and black and, and big, you know, uh, wingspan or whatever. But I was watching and I was tracking it for a stretch. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's a bald eagle. And then the car in front of me came to a complete stop. And I'm like, if I had gotten in a car accident and watching the damn bird, <laughs> Kathy is going to murder me tomorrow. I straight up saw a bald eagle right on the corner from my house. And it definitely was not a turkey vulture. Okay. It was a bald eagle. Had the, that's had the, awesome. Had the white uh, tail yeah. and all that and, mm-hmm. and the white head. But like... There was like a dead. Do they eat carcasses the same way like the turkey? Yes, bosses? yes. Yeah. Okay, so sure, they do. They'll scavenge. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw two um, bald eagles. This was in the Poconos not that long ago. Uh, a dead deer in somebody's mm. yard. They had stopped and they were they were eating the the this carcass. Is sensational. Of the, of the, of the, yeah. Well, it was like a fawn. Oh my god. That's uh, where venison at its best. Uh, that's where I saw this bald eagle, uh, and because it was. Um, it was. It, I saw it jump up from oh the. Oh my from god! The, is that Casey from, from the dead deer? It was like. Oh my god! The wings so, are amazing. I took a Get picture. Gadgets. No sad, bro. But Nick, a lot like you, I was on this long, windy road, and I was almost crashed because oh, I was yeah. taking a picture of this bird after right. I saw it take off. Case, when we were like in Alaska, idiot. there was a, there was a town that we went to um, on one of the uh, excursions, and they had all throughout the town. They were up on these high trees, these magnificent bald eagles, and there are signs. I think I've mentioned this before. All over the town, do not, do not let your cats or dogs outside. Sure. Yes. Yep. Had to remind people because yep. yep. they're gone if you do. By the way, this particular bird began its journey uh, in the Yukon Kuskokwim Delta in Alaska. Bye-bye. In Alaska, it then flew southwest to the Aleutian Islands, Where the hell am I? across the Pacific Ocean west of Hawaii, down Aloha! down to New Caledonia. What do you guys say? And then through to the Tasman Sea. Uh, Dr. Roller said God would typically travel to New Zealand, but this one took a 90-degree turn and landed on the idyllic shores of Anson's Bay in eastern Tasmania. <laughs> he said that this wrong turn increased Jesus Christ. the assumed flight capacity of the species. Uh, so low, she said lost more than half the body weight? Uh, yes. And by the way, it flew more than 500 kilometers uh, farther than documented research than they have been documented by researchers otherwise. So this guy really went the distance. How many birds, and you assume there's a fair amount, fly routinely long distances over water were wherein were they to land in the water, they would die. Yeah. They are incapable of floating. Don't know. This one's one of them. Yeah. It's crazy. Could you you have to be really confident. Yeah. Uh, by the way, a satellite tag weighing just five grams was attached to the bird in Alaska prior to its migration, and that uh, they say that it's gotten uh, it's gotten cheaper and lighter the technology. So that's how they are easy, uh, able to, um, you know, check the migrations of these. Do things. you still follow your that's incredible uh, great white shark migration, Kathy? Uh, yeah, I have it. I mean, I have to go into the app and yeah. look, but yeah, I'll, I'll, but now that is interesting. She digs that. <laughs> she digs the sharks, not the birds. All right, do I have time to notice another thing? Uh, yeah, quick thing, yes. All right. Oh, quick thing. That was um, actually a good one. That was really good. Twitter is struggling to keep its most active users uh, and engaged, which underscores a challenge faced by uh, Elon Musk should he go ahead and approach or purchase the 44 or do the 44 billion dollar purchase it looks like it, it's going through tomorrow this yep. was this was fascinating to me Preston what we perceive the usage of Twitter yes yeah, so and what actually is being done on Twitter according to the study heavy tweeters account uh, for less than 10 percent of mo- uh, overall monthly users but they generate 90 percent of all tweets and half of global revenue 
And I was I found this surprising too. So uh, heavy tweeters have been in absolute decline since the pandemic began, and a heavy tweeter is defined as someone who logs into Twitter six or seven days a week and tweets about three to four times a week. So so um, understand that's considered a heavy. That's tweeter. considered a heavy tweeter, and that's ten percent of all of the all. people. Is that so? Who? What's everyone else doing? Yeah. Yeah. Living, living their life and not bitching and whining and complaining well, about I've, stuff. Either I've, just scrolling yeah. or um, maybe uh, they just tweet every once in every a great while. while. I still have a Twitter account. I mm. haven't posted anything No, maybe I've compl- twice this year. I've you know? completely abandoned it. I mean, I have the account. It's still there. And I, I, don't, even, I don't even have the app on my phone. Yeah. Doesn't I'm, that blow I moved your it mind to the though? very last page because I don't even want to. I don't like Twitter. I actually thought about like deleting it's my account because I so acrimonious. I don't go to it. I don't check it. I have no idea what's happening on Twitter whatsoever. I thought of the same thing, but I have a decent number of, of followers on Twitter. Should I need to use that for one reason or to get the word out about a charity event or right. I need help with something right. or whatever? Right. I hang on to it you for that, and it. that's only. But I don't really. I don't go on there to seek out stories. I don't no, go on. Nothing. I don't look at the people that I've followed anymore. I just, I don't right, see, like years, it anymore. Years ago when it came out on the scene, right? It was like, oh, it's going to be the public forum and we could people and you can exchange yeah. ideas and so on and so forth. I remember I used to call myself the Jesus of Twitter. I'm going to follow everyone. <laughs> everyone yeah. I'm following everyone. And then I'm like, oh, everyone really seems angry now. <laughs> and that's not so benign. And, that, and people who were pleasant before seem really pissed off now. Yeah. And so it's, it's for me, it's it's um, cat pictures and a, a joke now and then. Well, yeah, I, and I try to keep it as positive as possible. And I, you know, I, I mute you, a lot. I you're mute. on Twitter, like you tweet? Uh, yeah, I do. But I, I retweet more than I think do anything else. Like if I see like a fun video or a funny thing. and Case is a uh, heavy social media user. Something, Definitely. Yeah, something cute that I can, you know, something positive. That something I, I, barred, something blue. Something blue, yeah. Uh, I will oh. do that. Uh, I will tweet uh, for like sporting events and stuff like that. Um, but, I think it's good for sports. Yeah. And, and I like it for that. You know, especially like Philly stuff or whatever. I like ch- chatting with Phil's fans. Uh, Twitter's also still good for breaking news. Yeah. If something's happening in the world, uh, it's not always accurate, but you can get the facts uh, of the event actually happening from Twitter. People will post there and they'll post frequently. So I'll use it for that. Um, but beyond that, like the acrimony on it is really Nick, true. I just yeah. found out that uh, Ted Kennedy died again. No. Oh, so if no, you but, find out about a breaking news story, will you go elsewhere to find out the facts yes. about that story? If I, fi- if I t- uh, check Twitter and see that Ted Kennedy has died, I'll be like, all right, I got to dive into this a little bit deeper. But I'll use Twitter for that fact. You know, the, the fact that this has actually happened. I'm like, all right, this right. is something that I need to pursue. Well, I did the, the same thing. But what's yes. the difference between that and if you find it on Instagram? It's the same, right? It's not really because Instagram to me is not as instantaneous, despite the name of it. Uh, Instagram, I, I could see Casey's post from like three days ago when I log into Instagram. Twitter, the way that I do it, it's uh, the latest tweets pop up. Okay. And, and I'll see, you know, again, if, if something breaking is happening, uh, Twitter, to me, seems like a decent source for that. And I'll get the breaking news from both places. Like, for instance, Kathy, uh, the Eagles uh, trade for Robert Quinn yesterday. Uh, I saw that on Instagram, but I went to Twitter to get the story. Huh. Do you know? Yeah, so and then you just kind of go, you can search for it and, um, and, and you know, get the details, the ins and outs, and find, you know, that sort of stuff. But uh, also... Um, when I see, like, sometimes I'll see, like, a trending joke. Like, there was this trending joke about Russell Wilson yesterday. I'm like, I don't understand what this joke's all about. So I went to Twitter and, and searched Figured for Russell Wilson. Well, yeah. as this article's indicating, and this is uh, the 
the vast amount of what you're seeing is from a very small group of people mm-hmm. that ends up, and they end up controlling the algorithm. And also, Preston, the percentage of porn that's up on, did you see that in the article? Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Lots yeah. of porn. Yeah. I, I haven't logged into Twitter. I can't even tell you the last time, so I just did it on my computer, and the first tweet that uh, is up is from John Cruck, and it says, <laughs> question, does anybody else put ranch dressing on, on their, their steak? steak? <laughs> I know, and whenever ranch is brought up anywhere, I get, get everybody get sends it? it to me. <laughs> It's not even my favorite, guys. <laughs> what is your favorite dressing? Uh, like salad dressing? Uh, probably a tie between Thousand Island and Caesar. Oh, my God. He's just rocked my world. Yeah. 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 I don't know who you are. <laughs> All right. I've noticed it's time to take a break because... just wrapping it up. We've got uh, you who loot. Oh, my God. What was that? Don't uh, stop believing in the noticer. <laughs> I did the same thing that I did the other day with... Just a noticing guy <laughs> living in a noticing world. <laughs> yes. All right, with that, we're going to take a break. We, yeah. don't, we don't have time to get the notice. No, music. we don't. Uh, we'll be back in a moment. You, Hulu, coming up. B-File as well. Stay with us. Wait, what's say? Where was that place, Preston and Steve said that guy did that thing that one time? Uh... Don't bother your friends. If you missed something on the Preston and Steve show, the daily podcast and the YouTube stream are posted on PrestonandSteve.com every day after the show for just such occasions. It's always there and always free. That is until the internet breaks and we've got bigger problems. All right, let's do this bizarre file thing again. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Files. Brought to you this morning by Lorenzo and Sons Pizza. The iconic Lorenzo and Sons Pizza is a Philadelphia staple with locations in Westchester, in Xfinity Live, and in Live Casino and Hotel Philadelphia. So visit Lorenzo'sWestchester.com. All right, I thought this was kind of fun. Uh, United Kingdom metal detectorist Steve Andrews found a long-lost wedding band using a metal detector. Uh, Andrews found the band at St. Albans Beach in September. He posted a photo of the ring in a Facebook group where it began to get traction. And you know what? I I see these stories all the time. Yeah. I don't yeah. necessarily report on them in the bizarre file. But Andrews received a surprising message. The ring's owner had apparently thrown it into the ocean after a nasty divorce and wanted it thrown back into the sea. Wow. Yes. Oh. So they they can't believe they found it, but he's like, just throw it back in. I don't want it anymore. Andrews promised to return the band back to the sea the next time he's there. That's wild. He noted that most of the time people are happy that uh, they've released the revere, re, retrieved their lost valuables. Uh, you ever have flirt with the notion of... Um getting one because you, you're out near the beach all the time now? Uh, metal detector? No, no, yeah. no, no, no. I, it's... No. No. <laughs> you see it. You I want, see those people yeah. doing it, and it's nothing I want to do. No. I don't want to do that. A 20-year-old man from New Jersey died Monday after, this is horrible, being dragged by a subway train in oh. New York City. Oh. Police say the man's clothes or backpack got stuck in the door of a southbound number one train at the Columbus Circle subway station. On Monday, the death comes just days after a man was shoved in front of a New York City subway train on Friday. Yes. Last Friday, uh, suffering a broken collarbone. So did the, the backpack get caught with him outside the train? It doesn't say. Because the, but the doors possible. are supposed to open up. Second, they get any sort of you know, pushback. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if it was if the doors closed on it or if there was something Ugh. that it that it just caught on. But uh, that's, a, that's a terrible story. 
All right, something a little bit less. A bumbling bomb threat robber failed in a raid on a post office after the cashier conceived, and this is right out of Take the Money and Run. The cashier Could couldn't it? understand him or read his note demanding money. You've got a, a gub? A gub. No, it says a, a gub here. All right, you're going to have to take this over to the manager? Yeah. <laughs> Martin Travers' elaborate scheme fell apart when the cashier couldn't understand what he was saying and then couldn't read his handwriting on a note passed over the counter. <clears throat> the court heard Travers had gone into a post office in central Birmingham, U.K., uh, carrying a red shoebox, wearing a hoodie and sunglasses. He told the cashier, put the money in the box, but she didn't understand what he was saying. You're going to have to get this approved by our manager. She said he put the piece of paper on the counter, but she was unable to read the writing. The defendant said, you have 40 seconds. Put the money in the box. <laughs> Travers then said the woman had 20 seconds before becoming frustrated, picked up the piece of paper, and left. Uh, the court heard the defendant then walked a short distance to a uh, bookmaker on Broad Street, where because of the mask he was wearing, the cashier there had problems making out what he was saying to her. <laughs> That's great. So he put the demand note on the counter, but the wrong way up. So initially the victim <laughs> saw where some phone numbers were there, and she then refused to hand any cash over to him, uh, who still had the shoebox, and then told her there was something in the box that could go off. The cashier then called 911, and Travers uh, managed to take $15 from the register before <laughs> it was he left. well worth it uh, police for a felony. To monitor Travers, and uh, they saw a video, and he was later arrested. Could you wait here? I'm going to go call the police. Yeah. Uh, with holiday shopping season officially underway, you can now splurge to get Ruby or Chestnut a gift that they'll treasure forever. If those are horses, versions of popular sneakers that fit horse hooves have been made. Oh my uh, God. They're called horse kicks. Horse kicks? Yeah, a sneaker retailer for horses repurposes branded shoes for equines. And you can custom order a pair of horse-friendly shoes at horsekicksleX.com. This makes sense because up to now, horses have had such difficulty running. Uh, but because a single shoe starts at $1,200, it'll cost you to get your horse ready for the fashion races. A portion of the sales will be donated to an event called Sneakerball Lex, which gives back to local minority organizations. The kicks are crafted by Marcus Floyd a Lexington, Kentucky-based shoe artist. Now, Floyd posted multiple images of full-size sneakers next to horse-size ones. He said these are wearable art designed over uh, okay. a medical horse boot and covered with repurposed sneakers. So All there right. is a function for it. Right. Uh, he also listed the shoes in the image. Uh, the Court Purple Jordan 1, New Balance 650, and the Yeezy Boost 350. What do those go for? Uh, they're $1,200 yeah. per shoe. Uh, these appear, uh, appear to be the shoes in the debut collection of Horse Kicks, which will be donated in auction during Sneaker Ball LEX. Uh, and then we'll go to one more story and wrap it up. What do I want to end with here today? How about... Oh, yeah. All right. So this had a, this had a good ending to it. Uh, an adult coyote was rescued on Wednesday night after it got hit by a car and then spent the whole night as it got stuck in the grill of the vehicle. Oh, my God. And you should see the picture of this poor thing. Uh, but he's okay. According to a How post... How the hell did this happen? Uh, ...shared by St. Francis Wildlife Association in Florida two days ago when the coyote was struck by a car, uh, the dri driver believed that it was dead. However, when the vehicle was delivered to a dealership on Thursday morning, employees found the coyote still alive and trapped inside the grill. 
The animal rescuer was summoned, and staff members were able to remove the front of the vehicle for easy, easy accessibility. The coyote was saved and placed in a cargo by the rescuer, and it was sent to a veterinary hospital for x-rays, medications, and stabilization. It suffered from a crisp fracture of the right front ulna and radius. It's funny, when I hear crisp, I think of chicken. <laughs> <laughs> the wildlife... Association recommended that when it is safe to do so, drivers should always examine their vehicles after hitting a wild yeah, animal. Yeah, a good idea. Oh, we're looking at it. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Stuck inside that thing. By the way, that's in Florida, my, and that's it for the Bizarre File. My mom and sister told me the other day that they've got a coyote that comes and hangs out oh, wow. by their apartment. And they're like, we had no idea Coyotes were yeah. in this area. So now they have an alligator and a coyote. It's like, you might as well, you know, just head down to the Amazon. Yeah. Um, we, I see a coyote uh, periodically in my neighborhood, you know, in Mount Airy. Yeah. And uh, it's a, it's a, I actually see it down by the deli as if it's waiting for the deli to open, you yeah. know? Why not? Yeah. It's crazy. A coyote would be in hog heaven. All right, um, that's it in the B-File. we got about mm, two and a half minutes left for you to enter the word great. That is our Yoohoo Loot keyword. So it's great. Make sure that you enter that now because we're running out of time and we're running out of money. Uh, we wrap up the promotion tomorrow, so make sure you enter to win. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out the rock shop at WMMR.com. It's fancy. No, it's it's not fancy. HD. It ain't just for your TV anymore. Use your HD radio to hear the best sounding MMR there is. Plus, enjoy MMR HD too. The MM Archives channel. Everything that rocks never sounded so good. Now back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Um, I wanted to play a piece of audio. I apologize uh, that I didn't get to this earlier, but. Um, Casey, can you find the Toy Story Jack Nicholson mashup here, please? It should have been sent over. The, did you send that over, Marissa? Yep. Hold on. Oh, it's going to take one second. I have something else. Let's play the the clip you had uh, uh, isolated a moment, Casey. This one? I think this is appropriate as we're headed into the World Series tomorrow. Well, then I guess there's only one thing left to do. What's that? Win the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Win it all. You can't even, it's so hard to wrap your mind around it. I know. <sighs> I know. When we were, when we had Ricky yeah. in here, Metallica, yeah. earlier, I just, it, it, for some reason it dawned on me, I go, the World Series is tomorrow. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's tomorrow. crazy. It's tomorrow. It's on crazy. A, oh, starting on a Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a good thing, too. Could conceivably <laughs> be dealing with a parade during the Camp Out for Hunger. During the Camp Out for Hunger. There's Look, a lot, a lot of good potentials here. There are two teams left. Yeah. Yeah. We're one of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty every, sweet. Every possibility. All right. We have it ready now. Um, somebody did a mashup. Uh, is it from the, the group that's, uh, we ruined that? Or yes, we ruined I, that. I ruined that. Yeah. Uh, so they've taken <laughs> Toy Story and a few good men and put them together. Oh, wow. And, and a, this is, might be my favorite thing they've done. This is pretty great. Here we go. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? You can't handle the truth. <laughs> We've covered this, haven't we? I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. You can't handle the truth. I'll be clear, Colonel. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, give your water to Code Red. I have a 
a greater responsibility than you could possibly fathom. You can't handle the truth. Are we clear? <laughs> you can't handle the truth. I'm being charged with a crime. I'm gonna rip the eyes out of your head. You with the wrong marine. <laughs> it's like, that's amazing. It's so good. <laughs> One more time. Okay. One more time. I can go all the way to the end there. Here we go. <laughs> you want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> you can't handle the truth. I think we've covered this, haven't we? I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. You can't handle the truth. Are we clear, Colonel? You can't handle the truth. I have a greater responsibility than you could possibly fathom. You can't handle the truth. Are we clear? <laughs> you can't handle the truth. I'm being charged with a crime. I'm gonna rip the eyes out of your head. You f- with the wrong marine. Oh, that makes me happy. <laughs> it's uh, you'll only sing it now. <laughs> you can't handle. That is just the best. Oh my god! I tried to recite that again not that long ago and realized that I I've forgotten portions of it i need to go back and i had it i had it word yeah. for word yeah i gotta get back to that you again. were certain at a certain point and i i bet you probably could have uh, recited the entire script for the original tron i yeah and there was a time when i could and there was a time where i Not could anymore. recite word for word the entire script of blazing saddles no kidding absolutely it was at that time when it was uh, on, you know, it just made it to cable, we, you know, whatever pay channel or I was yep. watching, and it was on all the time, yep. and it was crazy. In fact, my friend and I did it one time. I, I did the whole thing. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I love it. Alright, we have some business to take care of in the form of uh, Nick, I don't, oh yeah, they're over here. Yeah. yeah look is. at the lesson questions. Uh, by the way, we're giving away a four-pack of tickets for All Elite Wrestling Friday, November 4th at Boardwalk Hall. And the question... <laughs> I think I'm going to go with is, um, how about this? Where does the noticing guy live? (laughs) Uh, The noticer lives in a what? 215-263-WMMR. This is from noticer earlier. You don't remember, Case? Nope. All right. It was just a few minutes ago. I'm a noticing guy. (laughs) And where do I live? 215-263-WMMR. If you heard that... (laughs) You know the answer? Call now. We'll do the trash while you give us a buzz. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Brought to you this morning by SEPTA. Day or night, SEPTA is the Philly way to go into, out of, and all around the city. Plan your trip. At iSeptaPhilly.com. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, Balthazar restaurant owner Keith McNally reissuing an offer to give James Corden free food if he apologizes to the servers he was rude to in person. McNally says if Corden apologizes to his staff, he can have 10 years worth of free food, which should last a week. Oh, my God. Chess Grandmaster Hans Niemann is suing chess legend Magnus Carlsen for $100 million because he says Carlsen made up claims that he cheated. Neiman had claimed Carlsen used a rectal device to help him win, while Carlsen says he just enjoys playing with his thumb up his ass. 
And finally, a somewhat sullen-looking Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles were spotted out for dinner at Edinelli Hotspot Pace on Wednesday night. Troubled observers noticed that the couple has moved from same-side seating to perpendicular seating to opposite sides of the table seating. Mm. Yeah. And that's your Hollywood trip. <laughs> Let's get a winner. Uh, we need to know where the noticing guy lives. 215-263-WMMR. Brian, our first caller in. Hey, Brian, how you doing, man? Good, how you guys doing? Good, buddy. Where does the noticing guy live? In a noticing world? Yes! In the noticing world. You got it. Hang on, Brian. We're going to set you up with a four-pack of tickets for All Elite Wrestling Friday, November 4th at Boardwalk Hall. AEW Rampage returns to Atlantic City. Tickets available at Ticketmaster.com and AEWTix.com. Uh, we have another caller to mm. go to. Uh, Flalica is her name. Oh. Oh, no, it's Felicia. I'm sorry about <laughs> that. It was, mispre- it was misspelled. Hi, Felicia. How you doing? Very excited. Oh, you're on top of the world. Tell us why. I just won $1,000 from... And just in time, Felicia, we wrap this thing up tomorrow. How about that? I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. Oh, that's Where fantastic. you won. That's awesome. Where are you from, uh, Felicia? Pennsville, New Jersey. From Pennsville, New Jersey. We get a lot of Jersey winners yes, from all over the areas, <laughs> but uh, Jersey's been a high concentration as of late. That's wonderful. What are you doing? To- Go ahead. And then more rock. Oh, we love that. I didn't even have to ask you, Felicia. You are you are the best. All right, you enjoy that money, and thank you so much for listening to MMR. Thank you very much. We have lo- a great day. All you right. too. Bye, Felicia. All right, then we love it, Felicia. Yet another winner. Next opportunity coming up at noon. It'll be long along before you know it. Get yourself ready. Now, Preston and Steve's music news on ninety three three WMMR. Wait a minute. Did you do that already? You did that. Oh, yeah, I did that. All right, different different sponsor. Sorry about that. I had the wrong sponsor in my hands. Brought to you by Nabraza Brazilian Steakhouse in Horsham. Struggling to find a restaurant for everyone? Don't want to commit to just one entree? Nabraza has got you covered with 15 different cuts of meat and salmon for one set price. Nabraza.com. We'll start with this. We made an announcement earlier this morning. The Adjacent Music Festival. Two days on the beach in Atlantic City. Memorial Day weekend. Uh, And tickets, actually, uh, the pre-sale, or I should say the early bird ticket sale, uh, just happened about 30 minutes ago. And it's already sold out. Oh, sure. Okay. All right. Well, the general on sale will be tomorrow. So you still got a chance. But I bet you it's going to move fast. Blink-182, Paramore, uh, Turnstile, Bleachers, Coheed, and Cambria. More than 40 artists on three stages over two days on the beach. You left out Mannequin Pussy. Uh, Mannequin Pussy will be there. Uh, you can get uh, the tickets, like I said, tomorrow will be the on sale at 10 a.m. Adjacentfestival.com. And then listen to win tickets throughout the weekend. And another chance to win available at WMMR.com. Uh, the Linda Lindas is on that bill. Press... Yeah. You're the one who told me about the Linda Lindas. Yes. Because your daughter's a fan. And I was and you had me listen to a song. I'm like, okay, you know what? I really like that. You're band. a Linda Linda fan? Did I have a did I play a song for you mm-hmm. from Linda Linda? You did. did that show in the in the concert in LA, right? I mean in the library in LA? Uh Race is Sexy Boy. Uh I don't know. I think I played for you um Mother Mother. Yes. I think that's the band. 
No, not the Linda Linda. That's one that Caroline really likes. With Mother Mother, not the Linda Linda. <laughs> no. What about Daddy Daddy? <laughs> I think I told you about the Linda Lindas. Are you sure? Uh, I, well, I knew about him, and I knew about this uh, the racist, sexist boy that they did in the L.A. library. They got a lot of uh, traction doing that. Okay, maybe it was that then. Was I it Lauer Lauer? Gary Gary. He's on the three testicle tours right now. The, tour, the three yeah. testicles yeah. tour right Gary now. Gary Cecil on the three testicle tour. Is yeah. it Gary Gary and the Lauer Lauers? <laughs> oh, I like that better. Yeah. Gary Gary and the Lauer Lauer. Yeah. Imagine him playing like the cymbals and the drum and the. <laughs> oh, like a one man band yeah. thing? Yeah. Oh, that'd be He's the jam best. falling out every time he hits these cymbals. <laughs> that would be the best. <laughs> What's that on the floor there, Gary? It's my jam. <laughs> you can pick that up, please. Test it off. Think he'll uh, come to come out, the camp out? Yes. All right. Yes. I'm sure. Free bullets for everybody. Bullets, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what was that? He was Bunk handing out bullets. Bullets? bullets. bullets? Yeah. yeah. Who brings bullets to give to people? <laughs> yeah. Here, I brought you some. Three testicles. I brought you some bullets. It's a gift that keeps on giving. Oh, my God. All right, another thing I want to mention, uh, Motley Cruz announced co-founding go- guitarist Mick Mars has retired from touring. Oh, man. Uh, Variety broke the news that the 71-year-old guitarist will no longer tour, but will remain a part of the band. He's just not going to go on the road with them. Uh, so if they record again, he'll be the guy. The stage, he was... Not, he's not running around like a lunatic on stage. He's not, you know, the... Um, no. So who will replace him, do you think? I don't know. Uh, Mick Mars, uh, the the official statement read, Mick Mars, co-founder and lead guitarist of heavy metal band Motley Crue, uh, for the past 41 years has announced today that due to ongoing painful struggle with... Uh, <laughs> with un- ankylosing spondylitis. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it, but it's called a it's uh, it's called as. He will no longer be able to tour with the band. That's is that what's affected him all his yeah. life, basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mick will continue to be a member of the band, but can no longer handle the rigors of the road. As is an extremely painful and crippling degenerative disease, which affects the spine. Yes. Um, the reports, I, I think, obviously because it is his spine, it was actually gave the impression that he was shrinking. Right. Yep. And uh, Steve, I don't think it's it's uh, essentially just him being on stage. That right. part of it, the travel, the travel, the all touring, the, all the all stuff the that comes with that. stuff. Absolutely, yeah. I could see that. So there's been no word on who will uh, tour with the band next year for uh, their extent uh, their uh, extensive uh, European double bill with Def Leppard. But reports have it that maybe John Five would be standing in for Mars, but nothing has been the robot? officially announced. They'll finally get yes, Johnny Five. <laughs> The robot on that stage. Loco song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kick your ass all the way to outer space. Brian Johnson of ACDC. It's great to be here. <laughs> he, he kicks your balls into outer space. Right, yeah. Well, I, mean, the, I will kick your balls into outer space. The crew did their own version. <laughs> uh, so ACDC frontman Brian Johnson maintains that none of the lyrics to the band's 1980 Back in Black album were written by his predecessor, Bon Scott. Rolling Stone reported for years there had been a persistent rumor that Scott actually wrote the album's lyrics, which were supposedly found in notebooks left behind, but instead credited to Johnson. In his new memoir called a memoir called The Lives of Brian, Brian Johnson tries to finally set the record straight. He said the conspiracy theories are legion, uh, usually started by people who think that they know what happened but weren't there. It was me at the end of the pen, writing every night and every morning. With only the little, uh, the with only the title to work with. That's what happened. That's the truth, and I really hope that settles it. <laughs> That's the truth. 
Um, yeah, he also, uh, we had clips, I don't know if you want to play in person, but it's of him, um, he got really down when they took him out of the band for a while, when his hearing went away. All right, here we go. There was no tune to the guitars. The, it was horrible. It was bad. I got a temporary full deafness, which I wouldn't recommend to anybody. All right, and then yeah. here's the other one. I thought, what better way to go? <laughs> what? What better way to go? Oh, what better way to go? Back that up again. I thought, what better way to go? Yeah, and 160 mile an hour into the corner, one big flash, finished. You thought you'd get behind the wheel of a car and take yeah, your own life. It's not that I wanted to die, but I wouldn't have minded. All right, so oh. after he was he was done with the, or he thought he was done oh, with the band, he thought about suicide. killing himself. Yeah, Whoa. yeah. Oh, okay. Well, fortunately, he did not, and he's, he's back with the bad. All right, and then uh, one last thing. Friday is the big day when fans can finally get their hands on the Beatles Super Deluxe Revolver box set collection. In addition to a clutch of outtakes and alternative versions of the album's classic songs, remix producer Giles Martin was able to go back and mine the master takes for elements that were either buried or unheard in the original primitive 1966 stereo mix, like stuff that's like almost subsonic, way off in the distance. Uh, so he said, uh, give some examples. He said, uh, for no one, uh, the softer songs actually come out really well. You can hear Ringo's kick drum and the finger snaps on Here, There, and Everywhere, which I never... Which I, <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> that was my fault. <laughs> Can't believe it might pick that up. <laughs> really sensitive studio. <laughs> Mike's everywhere. Bye. All right, this is uh, in my life. <laughs> what's the um? What's the instrument played on for no one? Is it a harpsichord? Oh, um, it's not a piano. It's a harp, isn't it? I don't think so. Hmm. I, you know what? I, I'm I'm hearing it in my head, but I, I... sorry. <laughs> Do this again. Hang on, let me let me pull the song up now so I can definitively answer that. Let's be, let's be. At least he owned up. Yeah. Paul owned up, right? Yeah, that was smelted, doubted. Never denied it, supplied it. Hang on, hang on, Casey. Yeah, you got it. There you go, buddy. Yeah. Sorry, I got to plug my phone in because we don't have this song in our system. What song was it? For no, no one. one. You find that all her words are kind yeah, it's a harpsichord. Okay, yeah. When she no Great song. Yeah. Oh, man. And there's a... Uh, she wakes up, she makes there's, there's that. Sorry. Throw it back. Is it a French horn at the end? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, it sounds like a French horn. It has a very warm sound to <laughs> it. Maybe we should take five, guys. Hey, guys. Yeah. Let's, uh... This one's going on here. Sorry. Why don't we take a five-minute break? Smoke them if you're gone. I love it. I love it. That's me. That's me. <laughs> Revolver's such a great album. Oh, it's a masterpiece. That was a, uh... That's when, um, the step... Yeah. The, the evolution began. Yep. They started experimenting yeah. and finding out that they, uh... 
they could come up with some genius things in the studio and, and just be focused on the studio right. only, you know. So anyway, uh, so like he said, you can hear finger snaps on here, there, and everywhere, which I never really noticed before. And then you go back, uh, listen to the original record, and they're there. It's uh, good for things like she said, she said, she said, uh, because the drums aren't over to one side so much with the rest of the band. Uh, they can be more central, so therefore it's more rocking. And he said, you know, you have Ringo come in. On both speakers, opposed to one speaker. You've also got to remember, with Revolver, stereo wasn't really a thing. Uh, Radio was in mono. Most people's systems at home were mono, and so there was no need to think about this. Uh, So, yeah, interesting. Do you want to hear Kathy singing with the Beatles? I don't know what this is, but... uh... Oh, God. (laughs) Go ahead. That's all. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> By the way, Jim was on hold saying that it, uh, the piano is it sped up to sound like a harpsichord. I thought that was on in uh, in my life. Oh. There's a uh, it sounds right. like a harpsichord solo, but it was actually uh, uh, George Martin playing a piano, and they sped it up, and it sounds like a harpsichord. Great song. Yeah. They're all great songs. One of the greatest ever. Hope those kids do well. All right. I think we're done. That's it in music news. We are going to take a break. We're going to come back in a moment and wrap up the program. So stay with us. We'll get the letter of day for Award of the Week prize when we return. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Listen on our mobile app or go to WMMR.com. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Thursday morning, Preston and Steve Show uh, radio program coming to a close. We got some activity outside of our uh, studios here in Balakin. There's like five fire trucks and a bunch of uh, uh, ambulances and stuff going on at the uh, building across the street from us, right outside our window. It's pretty wild. They've got a ladder truck. They've they've uh, fire uh, firemen going up on the roof of the building. Is that above the deli or is that yeah? Yeah, yeah. Uh, cats is right. Yeah, yeah. Is that still the name of it? I haven't been no, over there in a long time. Uh, I think it's something else. Now. Dogs is. <laughs> uh, actually, I've forgotten the name of that place, but um, yeah. So something's uh, going on over there. Huh. I hope, uh, I hope everyone's, everyone's okay. Is all right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyhow, I would like to thank our guest on the show today, Jerry O'Connell. Yeah, hey. Jerry's great. A uh, lot of fun. Huge fan of Philadelphia, by the way. He was going on and on about several different things for our area, not just the sports, but yeah. friends of his and uh, and contemporaries like Kelly Ripa. He was just going on and on. But uh, he was promoting Pictionary, which is uh, on weekdays, 1 o'clock, Fox 29. He is the host. Uh, Rick Batalico. Yeah. Ricky Bo is awesome. I just love his style. He's super, First of all, he's a nice guy. Uh, knows the game of baseball backwards and forwards from all the angles and just it says what's on his mind and, and he, he's... Just open about stuff. Yeah. And you get, well, obviously, he has, as you said, Casey, he has the gravitas of having been a player, having done this. Yep. Yeah. And he's a fellow broadcaster yeah. and works, uh, he's at our sister station, The Fanatic. So it was cool to have Ricky Bow on this morning. 
And then we have what we hope is going to be a love story. We have Jim and Aaron, yeah. the missed Aww. connection from Broad Street during the Philly celebration. Uh, they met each other for a fleeting moment. She lifted him up on her shoulders. And then they went their separate ways. And then he wanted to find her and put the word out on social media. Uh, and uh, the love and baseball gods came together. <laughs> And uh, they have reunited these two. They haven't been on a date yet, but we had them on the air. She is. I didn't realize how attractive she is. She's very beautiful. Great personality. He is a fine young man. Yeah. Uh, Great personality. A good-looking guy in his own. I haven't seen a picture of him outside of him on her shoulders, but uh, I hope things work out. They were both really super nice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it was funny because I knew that I was, uh, uh, I grew up with her one Uncle Matt, I didn't realize that, like, her mom's uh, brothers I were, like, my best friends growing up. I had no idea. So I know, like, uncles and, and aunts and on. Of course, on from Delco. <laughs> we, we just assume. Yeah. yeah. Well, so that was fun having them on. Uh, Pierre Robert is here to continue the fun. And is it um, the case that you guys brought them actually together? No. So they they he had reached out on social media on a uh, Phillies fan page on, on Facebook, right. and people tracked her down. Okay. And and then they started DM, DMing each other, but we had them actually talk to each other for the first time ever oh. this morning. They've only done, uh, you know, texting, and uh, so that was kind of fun. Well, I hope when he asks her out on a date, he doesn't text her for, to go out on the date. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. I mean... Um, I think he already did that. He texted her to go out on a yeah, date? Yeah, I think, didn't he say that they... they he, he pa- yeah, mentioned the idea part, of them, yeah. of them uh, meeting up name? sometime. His name is Jim. Jim, here's an idea. Pick up the goddamn phone and call her. Yeah. All right? And it's not the way say, they do it these days, bro. I don't give a F if that's the way they do it or not. That's the right way to do it. What's her name? Her name is Erin. Uh, Jim, pick up your phone and call Erin mm-hmm. and do it now. And be nice. And if you get a busy signal, which you won't because... You don't get busy signals on cell phone. <laughs> but um, if you get a message, leave a message and be nice. And don't text her until you get going. Then you can text. Ask for permission from her father first. Ask him for permission, and <laughs> I am her father. Oh, oh. wow! So Wait, speaking of that, you better call me first. Of like phone calls, uh, busy signals and stuff. I, so I had I was on the phone. Switch. Somebody else called me. I said, "Hold on." Switched over to the other line, and then my phone rang again with a third person. Like, on your cell phone? Yes. Wow. I didn't know that was possible. Interesting. I, I get a thing if I have an incoming call. Do you want to take the incoming? Do you want to right. end this one and take the incoming? Mm-hmm. Um, but you got a third one. Yeah, So because I, I was not going to hang up with the person I was on with. I was going to tell the other person, I'll call you right back. And a hmm. third a third call came in and the phone was ringing. I, I said, I'm like, I don't understand how this is possible and what I do now. It's possible <laughs> because you're so popular. Yes. Well. It's it. And beautiful. Ah. And oh. everyone wants to talk to you. Oh, my gosh. Stop. Beautiful. Let's get our child, Aaron, on the line. <laughs> our child. Yes. Aaron is your child. Well, uh, our love You're child. the dad, yeah. Uh, so, I get it. Or it could have been any number of women. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, honey, it was you. It's like I sound I, like, uh, what's his name? I don't know. I don't know. Charlie Sheen? Yeah, you know, you got to... I don't know how many kids I, I got. All I know is sports. <laughs> That's all I know is what I chew and snort and spit out. That's what I love. I don't know the rest of it, and I don't care. <laughs> I love the sports. I love that gridiron. I love the dirt. I love the filth. I love the competition. <laughs> 
What the I mean, that's, is he talking about? That's such a perfect character for you. It I mean, that, that's you. It's, it's like an alter ego that yeah. flips out. Yeah. Um, you just can't help it. I can't. It's like a dual personality. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's like the person that doesn't give two Fs about it, and then the person that comes out that lives for only sports and sports only. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, Norman Bates and his mother. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm not sure I alternate between both characters. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, how about that letter? How about that? Houston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. And the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. L as in letter. All right. And we have our prize to give away tomorrow. Stateside Vodka Prize Pack is what that is. It includes a $100 gift certificate to the distillery, two bottles of their 1.75 liter stateside vodka, also a case of stateside vodka soda variety pack, and a case of their Surfside iced tea and vodka. So we give that away tomorrow. It's a pretty sweet deal. Uh, what's happening on this fine day? Thank you for asking. Uh, Yoo-hoo loot opportunities at noon and 3 and 5 today and uh, one more day tomorrow. Uh, also, we have workforce blocks of Judas Priest. Uh, K.K. Downing has got a birthday today. Original member of the band, Duran Duran. Simon has a birthday today. I almost said Simon Garfunkel, <laughs> uh, but it's Simon LeBon. Uh, it's Simon, Simon and, Garfunkel. Yeah, not Simon Garfunkel. It's Simon yeah. and Garfunkel, but uh, Simon LeBon uh, Garfunkel is his last name. He dropped it early on in his career. Yes. Um, Simon LeBon Garfunkel. Simon LeBon Garfunkel is 64 today. We'll do a block of Duran Duran, a, blo- a block of Blink-182. And um, I will at some Annie point. Any Hall Oats? Yeah, I, Annie Hall Oats. I've got that too. And uh, Simon Garfunkel uh, is, I mean, he was. He started as a folk artist in, yes. in the pubs in London. And then he met the other guys and he poofed up his hair. And then Duran Duran came. It exploded. And they said, you got to lose that last name. Yeah, yeah, I and get it. we also uh, will replay uh, the shout out. You had played uh, Beguiled a short while ago. Yes. Uh, the new Pumpkin song. And we had the great conversation with, uh, with Billy Corgan. And um, that night at the concert, he shouted out MMR. Nice. Love and, it. Uh, By the we, way, great feedback on your interview with him. People oh, just loved it. Thank you so just much. loved it. it. It felt like a great conversation. Uh, you know, well, like what you guys do when you have an artist in, they really, uh, they always respond to you guys. But this was a, a very personal one-on-one vibe. It's uh, up at WMMR.com Excellent. if you want to hear it. So there that is, and we'll get to that. All right. And Excellent. that. Thank you, Pierre, and I want to thank our sponsors, Preston and Steve Show, brought to you today by Duncan, the official, the Preston and Steve Show runs on Duncan. Also brought to you by Acme Markets, fresh foods, local flavors, and by Squeezed.com. Feel great and lose weight with Squeezed. Tomorrow, uh, it's looking like we're going to have comedian Akash Singh on, and we'll do, we'll do all our uh, Friday things. We'll get things away. <laughs> And the World Series starts. Yeah! So obviously we'll be uh, jazzed for that. That is it. We are done. Rage on. Have a great day. And we'll see you tomorrow, friend. Bye-bye. Well, then I guess there's only one thing left to do. What's that? Win the whole thing. Houston, we have a problem. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. 
Grab the perfect get-up-and-go breakfast for you and your crew. Right now, two soft and fluffy fully loaded sausage burritos are just three bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.